Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. And welcome to season six of the Retro Reductivist Cephala Podcast, the only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and Inebriart Podcast Networks, and as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. Today, I am your first-time host, Coopster Gold, and with me are my very insert adjective hosts. Oh crap, I got it wrong. Let's start off at the top with Mr. 8-Bit Alchemy. Well, a yo-ho-ho and a yuppity-dum. My IQ is very low. I'm a pirate, and I'm dumb. I like it. I like it because it's poignant, and um, and it rhymes, you know? So Nice. I did that for you. I, I appreciate that. And then um, just below him in our in our uh, four-square sector is Mr. Parasite Steve. Pieces of eight! Pieces of eight! Ah ha ha! Oh, no one told me there was going to be a test. So, and uh, directly next to him, our special guest for this evening, Greeny, the Green Witch of the Shire. And I'm just surrounded by a ludicrous parcel of dribbling galoots. Well, that's true. That's <laughs> factual. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm a dribbling galoot. <laughs> I like when Fry talks about glutes. <laughs> <laughs> what about when Greeny talks about glutes? Do you like that too? Uh, well, obviously. obviously. And I appreciate uh, you wearing green for the uh, for the segment too. I've realized how much green has entered my wardrobe <laughs> since um, I got assigned the Slytherin house and not all of it's on purpose. Whoa, 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 whoa. You got assigned Slytherin? Oh, yeah. We got to talk about that in another episode. No, it's <laughs> Your husband's up here wearing his Hufflepuff gear, you know. I know I am like not a Hufflepuff, but I oh, have no, more you were... Hufflepuff shit than Ravenclaw. Yeah. <laughs> so go figure. I think Steve, you're kind of a Ravenclaw guy, right? I I feel like um, if I had to choose, I would be basic bitch Gryffindor. I don't know. Oh, okay, I... that's fair. Yeah, I'm a I mean, I so. I wish I See, I really wish I wasn't, the... <laughs> but I feel like no, I'm I'm a Gryffindor. Yeah. God damn it. So, I'm like so a Ravenclaw with a Hufflepuff test. rising, maybe? I don't know. Okay, all right. <laughs> there, there's an easy test for this. If your your D&D or your classic uh, RPG character is a basic fighter, you're probably Gryffindor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. God damn it. So true. <laughs> yeah, the, the way that we went about it was, um, if you continue to take the Pottermore test until you get Slytherin, you're probably a Slytherin. No, you put me in the wrong house, damn wow. it. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> That's uh, oh, yeah. I mean, case in point. I mean, there you go. But we're not here to talk try. about Harry Potter. We are this not. is actually no, a not. different episode. <laughs> it is. It's it's slightly different. No, it's it's way different. And I mean, if anyone listened to the last episode, they heard me going absolutely, you know, uh, Gaga over pirates, and um, specifically really excited by the pirate movie that Apeit was talking about, and mm -hmm. um, it was just a lot of fun. So I said, hey. For my first episode, why don't we talk about pirates? Pirates! Right you are. This is a marvelous time to be a pirate. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. So you're, you're throwing a little uh, one-eyed cat from uh, the last unicorn in there. <laughs> arr, oh, arr, arr. Just call me Rene Aubergenois if you don't Did mind. he make the list? <laughs> uh, hold on a second. I got to get uh. my pen. That's good. Uh, oh no! Wait, Rene Aubergine was the skull. It was Paul Freeze was the cat. Damn it, Paul Freeze! Paul Freeze! Well, there's also Captain Cully. Look, we can get off on a million different things mm. here, but <laughs> I, I want to talk about uh, the meat of the meat and potatoes of this episode. So, and the pickles and, um, and the eggs. And oh my God, pickled eggs! And really bad eggs. And and the uh, the uh, the copious oranges and tangerines, so we don't get scurvy. Absolutely. Nope, also, stave off the scurvy. I mean, hey, all them limeys. That's why we have pink songs, so we don't get scurvy. That's right? true. So, any SpongeBob fan out there will know that one. So, <laughs> but um, let's let, let's talk about pirates a little bit. So, I I don't want to do a book report, but I want to just kind of give everybody an idea of pirates and just kind of the the whole uh, cool. shabazzle. Is that a word? Uh, sure. It is okay. now. We're going with shabazzle. Oh, so shabazzle. So uh, the golden age of piracy. Though pirates have existed since ancient times, the golden age of piracy was in the 17th and early 18th centuries. During this time, more than 5,000 pirates were said to be at sea. Throughout history, there have been people willing to rob others, transporting goods on the water. These people are known as pirates, mainly targeted ships, though they sometimes launch attacks on coastal towns. Many of the most famous pirates had a terrifying reputation. They advertised this by flying gruesome flags called the Jolly Roger. Yeah, the picture of a skull and crossbones. Captives were famously made to walk the plank, though this doesn't appear to have been as common in reality as it's in fiction. Bummer. It's likely the most victims of piracy were just thrown overboard. So, uh, pirates have existed since ancient times. They threatened the trading routes of ancient Greece and seized cargoes of grain and olive oil from Roman ships. The most far-reaching pirates in early medieval Europe were the Vikings. So I, I never thought of them as pirates, but they're absolutely pirates. Right. They're just pirates, like, in all the ways that qualifies what a pirate is, except for, like, visually. Yeah. Like, they, they look distinct. Yeah. Visually, a, a Viking is a Viking. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. in every other way, they're a pirate. Yeah, right. pretty much. I, I like that. So thousands Kind of like the, uh, the, the ghosts <laughs> at the end of the fog. Visually, oh. they're very piratey, but there's nothing in that movie that says that they're pirates. Right. They're that, actually just that movie like works so much leper sailors HD too. Like if you mm. if you watch it in like low res grainy VHS, you're like, oh okay. If you watch it in HD, you're like, oh that's disappointing. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, Damn. You're like, you want to talk about greenies? Woo. <laughs> oh well, uh, all I know is that uh, Adrian Barbeau has the sexiest voice in that movie, uh, and it doesn't matter what the picture quality is; it doesn't change. It's it's so funny because I knew her like before anything else. I'm like, oh, she's the woman from Swamp from Swamp Thing. That you is know? true, and that's that's what I knew her from forever. And I'm like, oh, she's famous. I guess she's doing the voice of Catwoman and stuff. And, and you know, right? You know, yeah, she was Catwoman in in 
Batman the Animated Series. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I had yeah. not not seen oh. uh, the fog and all that, but I'm just like, wow, she's amazing. She she was in Swamp Thing. <laughs> she, for me, she was always the lady that you wanted to die in Creep Show. I I don't just call me Billy. Everyone does. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't do creep show too. It's literally the most traumatic movie of my childhood. So, so naturally, it will be our third episode. So, <laughs> childhood trauma. You know, but, we can definitely revisit that. That was a good oh, game for sure. That, that would be interesting. a shortage. Interesting. Uh, so, thousands of pirates were active between 1650 and 1720. These years are sometimes known as the golden age of piracy. Most likely, what we'll be talking about, with the exception of space pirates will be in this golden age. Uh, they include uh, some of the famous pirates, Henry Worgan, William Captain Kidd, Calico Jack Rackham, Bartholomew Roberts, and the fearsome Blackbeard, Edward Teach. This uh, golden age came at the end of the 18th century, but piracy still exists today. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much in terms of facts about pirates, because I, I think that's enough of a yeah. of an overview for it. But sure. um, I did come up with... Uh, 12 facts for kids about pirates. Oh. Which um they're love, fun pirate facts. facts for kids. <laughs> and um one of the facts that's not on here is that pirates used to kill people. So <laughs> that's a fun wow. fact. That's the funnest of the the child facts but so uh 12 fun pirate facts. Pirates of the sea. Pirates were da were daring sailors, usually criminals of the sea, who roamed the seas in search of treasure and adventure. Real pirates use ships that were small and swift, like sloops and schooners. It's a schooner. Sloop. A schooner is a sailboat. <laughs> <laughs> they could attack much larger, better armed ships, armed with swords and pistols. They were aboard the other ship to steal their cargo. Now, now here's an interesting one, because this kind of uh, goes over to some of the pirates that we've seen recently in some, um, in some pirate media. Women pirates. Women were not allowed to board pirate ships. However, there were some women pirates. They disguised themselves as men to join pirate crews. More on that later. Mm. <laughs> the Jolly Roger. Uh, pirates had a famous flag called the Jolly Roger. I, I always thought it was the Jolly Rancher growing up, but um, it had a skull. <laughs> Only it, the water no ones. Those yeah. are the yeah. Halloween right. pirates. Yeah, the, the Halloween pirates. Yep. <laughs> I, I get it. They're out for the candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hand over your Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> How could we not? Uh, I mean, Garfield's uh, Halloween special is the greatest pirate of all time. We could just start off with that. So we could, but we won't. No, we'll take <laughs> it, your word for it's it. It's not on the docket. Ooh, sorry, Garfield. Sorry, so, Lorenzo. Uh, as music. we discussed, as we discussed, uh, Garfield's a Slytherin. Moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, treasure hunt. Pirates love treasure. And they buried it on secret islands with treasures they marked with an X. Pirate talk. Uh, pirate had their own way. Pirates had their own way of talking. They'd say "ahoy" for hello. Avast means to stop, and "matey" for friend. <laughs> Avast means to stop. I, guess. I don't think stop. it does. I thought it meant like shove off. But... I thought it was like, "Hey, look well, at I guess that!" Shove like... off kind of means stop too. <laughs> Yeah, I thought a vast meant like push off. A vast ye yeah. landlubbers. Like, I don't know. Stop. Yeah, like, like get away from me. No. I, I thought it was on like Vominos. Like, let's go. Like, yeah, exactly. Vast. A vast. <laughs> Come on, let's go to the store. A vast. <laughs> Stop. I think, I think you've just written a haiku. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely with intent. 
If, if there's a, if there's, if, if you're a syllable off or something, you just throw in a yar or a yo-ho. Mm, pirate yeah, yeah. haikus are very, very easy to start with. Yar. If you can yeah. count all pieces of eight. Yeah. And you probably can't because you're a pirate and you're dumb. Just like me. Pieces of five, pieces of seven, and pieces of five. I don't... I mean, after you well, play the cannons, you can only that. count up to three, so... Five, seven, five, right? That's the haiku. Well, if they take off their shoes, they can. Um, so, uh, cannon battles. Uh, pirates used big cannons on their ships to fight other ships. They'd load cannonballs in gu with gunpowder and then light the fuse to shoot enemies. Boom. And uh, I've only got two more here. Sailing the high seas, pirates sailed all over the world, searching for hidden coves, remote islands, and secret hideouts. They were true adventurers of the open sea. That killed people. Mm. And stole. Side note. Yeah. That's a little asterisk. Just then, uh, not like a big asterisk. Yeah. yeah, it's a small one. It's like like Roger Maris. Also. You know. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's, it's like ninjas. Ninjas became such a kid thing. And it's yeah, like, yeah, but... They're but... assassins. They're like they're, their whole job is to murder. <laughs> I think with, with ninjas, that was the misconception because they're like, oh no, they were just spies and most of them are women. You're like, what? That no. is not at all what you said. You know, it's like <laughs> that's not what you built up. I I just think of like there was um a picture that was going around for a, for a while, and it was this like kids book, but it was Disney Channel, like Disney Junior, whatever released a a series that was um Super Ninjas. No, no, it was it was like super. It was um like the little pirates or something like that, and it was supposed to be these like kid pirates on Neverland. Jake. Oh, they, Jake they had, and the Neverland Pirates. Yeah. Right. They, okay, so there you go, Jake and the Neverland Pirates. They they had a book, and there was a page in the book that says, "Remember, kids, pi a real pirate doesn't steal." What? They ask, <laughs> they ask like, politely, right? Politely. No, they don't steal. They murder, and then now it is their belonging. Thereby, they didn't steal anything. Yeah. They just acquiesced. Remember, yeah. kids, a real <laughs> pirate pays the iron price. Yes. <laughs> As Jonathan would put it, it's borrowing. Mm -hmm. My mummy reference there. That's what me salt wife says. <laughs> the drowned god. Yeah, I like that yeah. reference. That's a good <clears> one. <throat> well, I mean, uh, in Game of Thrones, the, uh, the Greyjoys were very much Viking pirates. I feel like that was... What he's trying to do, he's like, okay, these are clearly Viking inspired mostly, but we're gonna really keep telling you what pirates they are. Oh yeah, that Euron Greyjoy too was just crazy with those eyes, and uh, and, uh, and, and a name yeah. that sounds like piss. Yeah, Euron. Yeah, Euron. <laughs> mm. Euron Greyjoy. He just played the uh, the main bad guy in uh, Aquaman: The uh, Lost Kingdom as well, so he's still oh, uh, making his yet. nautical debut. Who who was the actor? Oh, I don't know his name. So oh. I don't know. He he oh, does okay. he does a bunch of stuff. So he's a guy who does things. All right. So the you details got of his life are quite inconsequential. <laughs> really? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> uh, the you final pirate <laughs> Walking the plank, while it's a popular image, there's little historical evidence to support the idea that pirates made their victims walk the plank. So okay, good. That's key hauling is so much more fun. Oh my god, keel hauling is brutal. <laughs> absolutely brutal like the the idea that you kick somebody off and you're going to drag them by a rope and they're going to get uh brushed up by all the barnacles on the ship and cut mm -hmm. the shit Ugh. they are they are not walking away from that no. i mean no. you could mm -hmm. die of a splinter infection back then right or scurvy <laughs> probably would or scurvy yeah 
So or somebody he, looks at you wrong and you're like, well, I don't have what? antiseptic. It hasn't been invented yet. So Dead. that burn, that burn it's, that I just yeah. got burned by is fatal. Well, probably rum is, is one of the other things, but I, I know they wouldn't dole out rum all the time because they didn't pirates want uh, drunk were pirates. suing McDonald's all the time for their hot coffee. For their hot coffee. Because <laughs> people were just dying. You know, it was really bad. No, it's yeah. actually funny. It's another misconception that... So so first off, you mentioned not wanting to do a book report, not wanting whatever. 8-Bit said, hey, we're doing pirates. And I went, oh. <laughs> oh, I love this. I love this. This. Is, this was one of my, like, super fascinations and so when he said it he's like so we're picking pirates or you know, whatever and i'm like hold up fictional or historical and it was way harder for me to and then you're like fictional. erotic or non <laughs> and we're like and we're like negotiable <laughs> <laughs> i do touch on it i touch yes. on it in one of mine but um but when talking about like the stuff that you know with pirates or whatever is actually misconception misconception that they buried their treasure more often because they were so on verge of like, you know, I could die any day. Oh yeah. A lot of them didn't want to bury their treasure because what are you going to do with it? Right. Um, but that is actually, do you know why um, pirates wear earrings? I do not. Is it like a secret gold stash? Like, you know, you're like, oh, they're never going to, they're never going to take Was my, that an my money on my ear. It is how you paid for your funeral. With the gold. Ah, nice. Okay. Yeah, it's like so, a little you know, wallet for dead people. <laughs> exactly. Shy <laughs> of having your ear sliced off, you would have this permanent collection to be like, you know, hey, I died doing sa da 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 da. You know, fell between a ship or something. I want to make um, sure my affairs are in order. I certainly exactly. don't want to leave anyone was, in the lurch. As a pirate, I'm very concerned. Of paying for your funeral was, was your earring stash. That's cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Pyrite. So what if you want to be cool, oh. get earrings and pay <laughs> for your funeral that way. This doesn't even buy a cedar bar. It's just a fool's <laughs> earring. It's the fool. <laughs> and do you know how much it costs for them to get their ears pierced? Yes. Yes, I do. Their life, probably. Because it was probably really no. unsanitary for them to pierce their ears. Coop, you got this? Oh, I gotta let you say it because I, I'm a I'm a dad, so dad jokes run in my veins. So <laughs> it's about a buck an ear. Yeah. Oh, it's a dad joke. <laughs> I, I love it. I can I bring you facts and dad jokes. This is this Amazing. is what I have for you. It's fantastic. You, you the actually show, have pirate jokes. The show is just humming right now. Yeah, it's I mean, like really great. This is this is great. I mean, it's great <laughs> to have a green witch around. Right? Of the Shire. Yeah, yeah. of the Shire. Yeah. Of yeah. The Shire. It's a fun place to be. I get a whole bunch of little tidbits and fun facts and weird things that. As I eight bit comes up to me and goes, so we're doing this as a theme, and I'm like, I got this. Yo, I got you. I got <laughs> I have, loaded. I have a weird fascination from high school. I can do this. <laughs> oh, that's yep. cool. That's cool. So, <clears throat> so it's interesting. So, the the whole idea was we were going to try to formulate our own pirate crew, which would be something a little bit different than saying, oh, pick your favorite pirate out of out of th this movie or which your is very favorite. Hard. It would be right. incredibly hard. <laughs> so hard to pick just said, one. Let's pick a crew. Let's I had a hard pick time picking just six. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think you guys actually picked just six, and I'm not going to pretend. So <laughs> there's honorable mentions, I'm sure. Oh yeah, so, and you have to have a crew because you need like more than four people to sail. So yeah, yeah. But we're going to pick a captain, a first mate. We're going to pick a familiar or or a mascot, and then uh, your crew members, and you're going to pick your favorite ship. And it doesn't have to be your favorite, but it could just be another type of ship that you're like, hey, I think that ship's really cool. 
-hmm. So, and it makes for some pretty interesting sort of uh, conversation. I think the mix that we have. Yeah. It was really fun just coming up with, uh, coming up with it in this way, because like we are still sort of picking our favorite characters, but this is like a really cool spin on it. Oh yeah. And I wanted to add so many more and um, yeah. Yeah. It's tough, but we gotta, you know, try to not make three hour episodes. So Uh, we don't do that. We can't do that. (laughs) I mean, we got to try is all I said. <laughs> but yeah, we do, yeah. We do or do not. Okay. There is no try. So, so no we try. were we were talking about this. Um, so we have we'll we'll put it down this way: crew member one, crew member two. We we could do that. Um, if if you are obliging, um, it, I don't know if you guys have enough on that. Would you like to do we do a round of crew member one, then do a round of crew member two, or we both uh, we just say both of them off the the get go. Well, I think it might be uh, tough because we always split things into two halves for the episode. If we if we do it like that, what are we going to you know save for the second half? Uh, if you want, we could save our main presentations only for the second half. Um, well, I figured we would do our captains there, but we could like go over all the other stuff before. So what do you okay, think? Okay, so, so first half we'll yeah, do like ship, that. animal mascot, crew member one, crew member two, and first mate, and then... Well, why don't we save the first mate and the yeah, captain? Yeah, first mate. That sounds yeah. good to me. First mate and captain for the second half. That's the second good. half. Yeah, because okay. the other yeah, one's I, shorter. Coop, I okay. think you were onto something with doing the um, the rotate around that everybody gives the first crew member, then everybody will give the second. Then instead of having somebody just word vomit their entire crew. Yeah, it's a little bit much at once. I I was thinking about this, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, we should start with our guest greedy, but then I'm like, I'm kind of hanging on everything you have to say about pirates, so now I kind of want you to go last. <laughs> well, you're steering the ship, Kappa. El yeah. Capitan. I guess. El I guess Coopin. I'll I'll go first because Captain you know, Coopin. <laughs> um, would you guys uh, Would you guys mind if we start with the ship then? So I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna just right gonna man. steer that way. Um, I'm going in a completely different direction, and it was funny because my choice is echoed a little bit later, which was really really interesting to me. Uh, mine is based on a Dreamcast game. Um, yeah. So for uh, anyone who's ever played Skies of Arcadia, there is an airship that has a giant harpoon in it, right? It is Captain Dine's ship, and it is called the Albatross, with a total nice. of 10 cannons, five on each of its port and starboard size, sides. It has a sail design reminiscent of a 17th century European galleon that in the Dine family crest is displayed on them. The Albatross uh, is destroyed and then later, later brought back as the Albatross II. Jeez, it's like a Gundam. Uh, uh, yeah, right? <laughs> Just keep building and building and building. I know. It's like, oh, it's a legacy. You know, we lit it in. But, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting because it is a flying ship. It's got sails. And in that classic sort of Sega, uh, you know, almost like pre-cell shaded uh, thing, it just looks fantastic. And yeah. um, yeah, cool it's great about this game. game yeah, like like uh, you get into ship battles, which I was not expecting at all, and and I'm like, wait a minute, this is gonna suck. No, it's awesome. It's almost better than the other. So part cool. Of the game, yeah. You know? And and uh, the whole idea is that you kind of uh, you're battling other airships until you kind of work up your your meter enough, and then you can fire your harpoon. And I mean, let me tell you, then it's like Volchan's blazing sword came out. You know, it's <laughs> like it's over when you fire that harpoon. So. <laughs> Done. So yep. very cool. Might as well have been, uh, right there. Might as well have been Knights of the Round. You just whipped out. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Like seriously, Knights of the round times four materia, you know, it's like, <laughs> just sit down, make yourself a sandwich, come back and like, Oh my God. I just realized uh, they're still on Sir Bedivere. Jesus. <laughs> Turned you into a newt. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Bedivere, my liege. I got better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's fun. I, I loved it on Dreamcast. I, I loved it very much on um, GameCube when uh, they, they remastered the game. Um, yeah. I heard that the creator of the game actually passed away, so there's there's never going to be a uh, a sequel or anything else like that. That's oh. too bad. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry for the downer, but you know, it's uh, that's that's my choice for ship: the Albatross or the Albatross Two. Very cool, dude. Yeah, very deep cut. Very cool. I think, uh, like talking way? talking Wait. again Wait. about like the the diversity of everything that we picked tonight. I'm so proud of us because we really did everything that is retro redoctibus. Oh, it's we so have movie, <laughs> we have video games, we have cartoons. Uh, it's it's really like an awesome cross section. So yeah, you could say we're is, all over the treasure map. We are all darn. We went off the edge. Uh, here, there be monsters. Oh, the the map is flat. Much yeah. like the Earth. <laughs> well, yeah. When observed from space. Wait a minute. No. Okay. <laughs> Still not. Uh, Mr. 8-Bit Alchemy, would you like to tell us your choice of ship? They call me Mr. Bit. They do. <laughs> they do. When I was a young 8-Bit. When I was a young 8-Bit. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you. Um... So yeah, my ship is called the Dorganark, and the Dorganark is uh, the pirate ship that is featured in the PlayStation 2 game Rogue Galaxy. Um, the Rogue Galaxy was created in, in 2005, but released here in 2007 uh, by Level 5, uh, the company that made Dark Cloud and uh, also Nino Kuni and the hmm. Yokai Watch games. Uh, but Rogue Galaxy was a really ambitious rpg that was published by sony directly so they were claiming it to be one of the big exclusives to the ps2 and uh it is a it's a really cool game really captures that sense of exploration in space going to different planets having all these different interactions uh but the ship that you're on uh the dorganark is a powerful pirate ship owned and created by the great pirate dorgan goa the dorganark and his pirates travel the wilherzer system searching for legendary treasures and hunting the most wanted monsters in the galaxy in rogue galaxy the dorganark is the only means of transportation that allows the main character jaster and other companions to travel through space from planet to planet and is your main home base. Um, this ship is really cool. Like it's oh, it's just got this great, like stout, compact design to it, and it's got all sorts of spiky shit on the front. It definitely seems like it would be best flying, but it also looks like it could be seafaring too. Um, so I kind of liked that this ship didn't just go like full ham and be like, yeah, this thing only works if it's flying. Um, hmm. So I definitely like that. It's got some cool, uh, like, building structures on it for the the crew and stuff to live on and whatever. Uh, but yeah, Rogue Galaxy is a very neat game, and I I wanted to pay tribute to it somewhere, and I couldn't pick one of the characters because uh, I had other ones I wanted to do. So I was like, well, 
that's exactly why we have they're, all these. They're all like direct yeah. ripoffs too. Like like there's a character <laughs> yeah. in there. It's like oh, this is a character from Chrono Trigger, and then there's a character. It's like this is exactly a character from Pirates of uh, Darkwater. You know, yeah, it, it's right, like, like so, yeah. You know, c- clearly they had just like so many inspirations they wore on their sleeves. R two D two and three C three PO are in it <laughs> yeah, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great game, and it is available on uh, PS4 and PS5. Uh, it yep. was one of the very lucky few PS2 games that Sony decided to grace uh, the newer consoles with. But definitely worth checking out. It's a lot of fun. Mm. I um, I revisited it uh, just before this episode, and uh, yeah, I was like, you know what, that deserves a shout out. So my ship is the Dorganark. Did you nice. did you ever beat the Ghost Ship? I never beat the game. I didn't even uh, I. I got maybe like 10 hours into the game and I got stuck at a boss a long time ago. And when I revisited it recently, I like spent a few hours in the morning just like getting up my levels and and I was able to beat the boss that I was stuck at. So I want to keep going with it, um, but I haven't fought uh, any of the like later game stuff. Oh, yeah. So this is like a post game segment, you know, like like playing Castlevania Symphony of the Night and the Upside Down Castle. You know, it, yep. it's it's like that, but it's like, oh, it's this ghost ship, and everyone's like super powerful. But if you go That's through awesome. it, you win, you win a new bikini. It's like, oh, <laughs> okay, okay, you know, okay, like, all right. I just I don't need a new revelation when he was playing the game because he did have that like he was playing the game and he was so excited and he's like oh I'm doing this and this is great and oh let me tell you all about this and he's talking talking about this game and he's so excited and then I went to go do something and I came back and he was so frustrated <laughs> he's like yeah. like I forgot how much I hated this <laughs> yeah like I was so into it like into it when I booted it up. And then I got back in the boss fight. I'm like, this fucking boss fight has like two unskippable cutscenes that I have to watch every oh, time I yeah. want to try this fucking <laughs> boss. And the first time that you fight him, you have to just wait around until the NPC decides to give you the correct gun you need to break down his shield. And yeah, so weird. it's like, okay, so the first like few minutes are just a waste. You can't do anything. So I, I managed to persevere. I overcame the frustration. Uh, and I, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, it's, it's good. It's it's a deep yeah, game it's cool. too. Like it, it rolls pretty deep, and I I loved it. I I played it back in the day. I had it on uh, PS2 and all that. Lent it to my cousin. Never got it back, and I'm like, oh, Best. I was so glad to see that it showed up again in the the PlayStation Store. Yeah, and um, yeah. I think it's free if you have the uh, PlayStation uh, Pass right now. I think so. Yeah, they have like all their old stuff as like included. PlayStation if you have, like, Plus, the highest tier of it. Yeah, that's fun. But yeah. Awesome choice. That's me, man. Right. Mr. Steve? Sure. All right. So my ship is definitely one of my favorite ships of all time. And uh, I wasn't picking anyone else from the series. And uh, despite its popularity, extreme popularity, um, over the last you know couple of decades where it really became the pirate thing, Not we don't have too much representation for the series. So I'm going to pick a ship from the Pirates of the Caribbean series. Um, and I'm not going Black Pearl. I'm going the Flying Dutchman, which was, nice. of course, Davy Jones's accursed ship. Um, ship. Part of the ship, part of the crew. Yeah, it's it's the coolest thing ever. I mean, I loved I loved Davy Jones as a as an antagonist for the second and third movie. Um, anyway, he was so freaking interesting. He was a great visual character, but the ship is let's okay. Let's just, let's just cover the ship. Okay. It looks like it's got shark jaws in the front. 
and there's like a skeleton with like a scythe, like just kind of like dead on the front of it. It's like it's it's very cool looking up close and from far away. It really does look like it has just a mouth and uh, it can dive. It magically uh, yeah. can dive like a submarine. Right. Like it makes no sense and it doesn't matter. It's all magic and who cares? Um, and um, let's not forget it's 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 most powerful weapon, the Kraken drum. Um, which they can summon the Kraken, the mythical sea creature, who I'm still, even today, a little butthurt. They never really gave us a good shot of what it looked like. Like, they just didn't. They showed tentacles and a mouth, and then in the second one, we kind of, the third one, we kind of see it dead, and it's like, oh, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like sea creatures lose their shape when they're beached on land, so I don't know. It's big whale tentacle thing i don't know it's <laughs> kind of look on the beach yeah it's kind of a bummer uh that we never got like a, a hero <laughs> it looks like a bummer <laughs> it does look like a bummer but uh still it's a hell of a weapon so basically anybody you know was screwed if you saw that ship i mean could you imagine how quickly you would fill your pantaloons. Can you imagine? Blah, it would blah, be blah, like, blah, blah. It'd be like why instant. you wear the brown pants. Yeah, yeah wear, my brown that pants. guy's got it. That guy gets it. Um, yeah, you just like you see this ship pop up out of absolutely nowhere because you're like, dum de dum, day's going fine. Don't got scurvy. I'll no have no reason to fill your pants. Dum de dum. And then all oh, you look over and you're like, oh my God. And this thing just like, you know, just crests the water and comes out of absolute freaking nowhere it's got this big scary like look to it and then suddenly you hear the the boom boom and just the crack and you game over man. Dead. game over man pretty awesome so i love i love 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 love, love the flying dutchman so so cool um that is my pick it's it's interesting too because it made me think of the maelstrom a little bit from uh pirates of dark water so okay. that was like this huge sort of like stone bone sort of thing stone bone thing yeah like like oh, it's a stone uh, bone is it stone, kind of is it stone you know which right, is it's a, it's a stone it's both it's stone exactly bone. stony bony pirates but, of uh, dark bone yeah dark bones bones you know stone yeah. bones green bones whatever you get it yeah 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 like uh, but that that bones. ship was immense it, it couldn't go underwater but it definitely had this sort of uh jaws on it that would open up to capture um other unsuspecting things and cool. in it they had this hatch that would lift up and they had sort oh, yeah, of a, like awesome. a sandworm or something in it mm. so i i won't say what it is because i don't want to give away my my captain yeah, but <laughs> um really i kind of also wanted to pick a different ship that goes with the character that I picked for my captain. And I sort of specifically wanted to dodge that. I can like, so see you picking I'm like, that. I don't, I don't yeah. really want to do that. So, you know, Davy Jones's ship was kind of the first thing I thought of when I was doing like the first thing I picked. I'm like, oh, Flying Dutchman. And then by the time I decided on my main character, I was like, oh, I don't know. I kind of want his ship. But um, no, no, it's mm, no. we're go- I, I'm like, nope, stick to the guns. Stick to the Kraken drum. Your guns. Yeah. <laughs> now let's say your freaking guns. Oh, holes in my ship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How about you, Greeny? Uh, the Green Witch of the Shire. Uh, what was the ship that you had chose? So this was my like nod towards um, historical without actually being historical about it. And this is a newer, a newer ship. Um, if you are familiar with 
our flag means death, I chose the revenge. Nice. Not to be confused with Queen Anne's Revenge, which is right. historically the ship that Blackbeard um, had. Uh, and the Revenge is the ship of Steed Bonnet, a.k.a. the Gentleman Pirate. So our flag means death. Takes a lot of liberty in like, yes, it's the golden age of piracy. And they go obnoxious with historically accurate, bright, bold colors. And they just throw up everything extra on it so like in the in the show it's almost like a TARDIS level of it feels so much bigger on the inside they have like <laughs> a rec room and and a, a library giant space. yeah they, they have a library there's like um there, there's steed has like a wardrobe hidden within his captain's quarters like behind <laughs> a secret door um and the the figurehead on the ship is a unicorn and it's this bright obnoxious yellow <laughs> which again that is the, the obnoxious yellow historically accurate so that I, like this was my nod towards i'm gonna gonna bring up my little bit of historical but also nice. this so i was like this is perfect but it is such a great ship it's such a great set um and they like from from what I was reading up on it, it's literally like there's one big set that is the deck of the ship. Um, and then they have like individual sets for each of the rooms to give it that illusion of being significantly bigger than it is. I know, is. it's such a substantial <laughs> space. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, it'd have to be with Hodor up there. I mean, yeah. it's like right. seven feet tall. Well, yeah. they need some of the stuff that they make nods to and stuff, they're like, okay, here's a couple of things that were on the script of like, oh, we need this, we need that. And then there's a lot of just mention of like oh we're gonna need a room and so the set designer was kind of like do i have limitations right like <laughs> so they went extra the um so one of the fun things about it again historically is that supposedly the revenge is the only pirate ship that was legally obtained because <laughs> if you had to pick a midlife <laughs> crisis to just be like yep that's I want to do that when I decide that my life is in shambles. Some people get a motorcycle. <laughs> some Steve, people get a pirate Steve ship. Steve Bonnet, who was a landowner and like was super rich, decided he was just going to throw all of his lordship away and become a pirate. <laughs> it is the best midlife crisis ever. It's so it great. It's one of those things, too, where it's like you see the character and he's literally that guy who's bossed around by everybody in his life. You know, yep. like his yeah. kids are bossing yeah. him around. It's like he's just like such a sad sack. And he's like, no, I'm going to do it for myself. You know? Exactly. Right. He's like, I'm just yeah. going to run off. I'm going to be a pirate. Everything's going to be great. And he's so like dainty Genuine. while also trying to be he's a, like, he's a dandy. He's so you know? great. Yeah, he's yeah, so he fantastic. So, he's yeah, that, that was my, my ship of choice. One of them was fancy the revenge lines. from <laughs> awesome. Our Flag Means Death. And if you have not seen the show, I was very upset. They did. Um, cancel season three so they've got two seasons out they canceled season three on us and apparently twitter and the fans have gone absolutely insane trying to get somebody else to pick up the show so that's a whole another form of online drama oh, that's rather yeah, hilarious i'm sure that's a not a cheap show to produce i mean supposedly it actually wasn't money that was the reason that they didn't want to continue it it was a higher up thing but there was like like when the fans started getting all about it um it came out that there was question of like insider trading happening, that that was the reason that the show got canceled. There was um, support from Astroglide saying that they were, they were doing like watch parties promoting like, Hey, this show um, is great. 
Yeah, Astro Astroglide Lube. Yep, that okay. that happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, kind of like the elephant in the room is it's it's like an LGBTQ plus phenomenon is is really yeah. what it became. So it's like it was like this whole thing, and it's like they found their audience, and it was well embraced. So it, it was they one of those people things buying me. billboards in Times Square saying renew the crew. Oh, wow. And people getting like planes that had like the, the streamer behind it saying renew the crew. Like the fans went nuts. Went, and the, yeah, the yeah. writer of the show, the, the creator of the show is just sitting there online being like, yep. Wow. <laughs> you don't make fans mad. They will find you. It sounds like Alex Hirsch levels of like Gravity Falls fandom. It you know? is. It's great. Which I will. <laughs> Gravity Falls is another one we got to touch on another time. But oh, yeah. yeah, our flag means death. Definitely check it out. And, yeah, we could do an episode on the like revenge is fantastic shows or something, and and have that and like Adventure Time or something on there. Mm -hmm. I love all them. the the kids yeah. shows that you get to like season two and you're like, this isn't a kid show, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's classic. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, I guess I guess we'll move on to our animal mascots here. Ooh, okay. Right? So, you know, because what, what pirate would be complete uh, without their animal mascot? So some have parrots, some have monkeys. Uh, my particular one would have Nibbler from Futurama. So uh, <laughs> if you're familiar with him, he's sort of an alien with like a third eye uh, and a doodly bob on top of his head. Um, a doodly bob. He, he does... He does speak with the voice of uh, Mr. Frank Welker. So, you know, I have Pretty Fred. Great. But I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. That's, That's right. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm, his own brain. <laughs> Fry's his own grandfather, you know. But um, <laughs> yeah, Nibbler, because uh, he would be able to eat anything, you know. And um, if you wanted to power your engine with... Um, with some uh, super dense dark matter, that's what he poops. It's in his. It's in his. Uh, oh, it's fantastically useful. So in that in that very specific circumstance, you're going to mm -hmm. really appreciate having Nibbler. He also oh, has yeah. one nostril. Yep, that's true. I, I would nostril. like to have him aboard the Outlaw Star. So instead of using Dragonite to power it, they can use his poop. There you go. <laughs> but that's not my ship. That's a, that's for another time. The Outlaw Star it's a uses good Z plan. Uses the evolved form of a dragon air to power the ship. <laughs> no, that's what I was thinking. No, they just use uh, they use dragon knot uh, video games from Sega CDs. You have to throw in there, you know. <laughs> that's how they <clears> power only so dragon many of those knot. printed. I mean, they're dragon knight. Those, those yeah, aren't growing on trees. Um, even you know, in a pinch, they'll use knights. You know, with like the jester, <laughs> like Sega knights into days. Sega knights. Yeah. Oh, knights into dreams. Oh, right? yeah. oh and into dreams. Right. Yeah. I mean, you may find errant night trap, but mm. now we're getting a little deep, you know. <laughs> well, it's a little risque. Yeah, you know, the origin of the ESRB, you know. Yeah, that's where know. it came from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rated R. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, cool, Nibbler. Nice. What, what you got, Eight Bit? Who's your uh, your mascot? Uh, so you know, I like to start episodes off by playing by the rules and then quickly followed up by breaking <laughs> the rules immediately. Um, so I didn't pick an animal um, because the thing I thought of was more fun than any of the animals I could think of. So I went with the flying Dutchman from SpongeBob. Oh, I love it. Him and his nasty ghost. Stock. He's be the fucking the ghost honest. Yes. He'd be the most fun mascot. Like just be, having your ship haunted by this, you know, curmudgeon -y, 
curmudgeonly green ghost of this, you know, feared, dangerous pirate, and just no one takes him seriously anymore. And, you know, he's just kind of begrudgingly around. What, um, what if you got the vegetarian version? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'd like to go for the OG, but you okay. know, the veg- vegetarian version's available, and that's all I got. I'll take it. <laughs> Although, actually, there's a stop-motion version of him, too. I guess SpongeBob got real creative later on, like way after I stopped watching it. And there's a version of him that's stop-motion. There's a version of him that's a puppet. Yep. And uh, I think there's another version, too, that uh, was a different medium. So I'm I real partial to stop-motion yeah. Dutchman myself. The the Christmas special, I believe, he shows up where he's firing fruitcakes and he hits the uh, Flying Dutchman. Oh, gosh. I, I don't think. think you know, don't be a jerk. It's Christmas. You know. Oh, yeah. That okay, sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Whatever. I cheated. I'm an idiot. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, it kind of counts. I mean, you just you just <laughs> need it, you know. He's like a pet. Like whatever. He's, like he's not. Pet. He's not gonna fucking do anything. He's a ghost. He can't. He can't be on pet. the crew any other way. You know. He's so, a spooky pet. Yeah, right. He's a spooky pet. <laughs> we don't have to feed him though. So it's he's like nearly him. headless Nick. He's uh, exactly he's a house, house ghost. He's nearly animal mascot, flying <laughs> Dutchman. <laughs> He's mostly, yeah. he mostly comes out at night. Mostly. Anywho, that's me. That's cool. That's a good one. Pretty cool. Parasite Steve, did you follow the directions or did you uh, go to your the beat of your own Kraken drum? <laughs> Actually, you know, I did. I, I really wanted to have an excuse to whip out my Gilbert Godfrey impersonation. And so I figured, you know what? He played a parrot in 1992. The Disney film Aladdin had a character called Iago, who we all know was the real the real star of that story. So, so I figure, what the heck? We'll put him in here as the animal mascot, and I get to do the impression too. He did hang out with the 40 Thieves. I think that counts. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty <laughs> good. He'd sit there and he'd wax all philosophical about the day's meanderings and whatnot. You know, I don't know. He would just he would just be there. You know, and it would be good. Yeah, I figure he'd fit on pretty much pirate. anyone's shoulder, too. He's not that big. Jafar's kind of a pirate. You I think so? Him. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a that's a bit of a stretch there, Coops to Gold. He's a pirate in like... the same way that like the the head of the East India Trading Company is a pirate. Yes. He's one of them fancy lads too. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> On paper, I think I'd get along with Iago for like forever, but in practice, I think I'd want to smush him after like a week. That's fair. I'm pretty sure that was also Jafar's um, opinion of Iago. <laughs> I can't imagine Jafar in good conscience ever thinking that he was going to vibe with Iago. They are not the same. They are fucking yeah, like oil and vinegar, man. Or we water. were like I don't know. two peas. There's shit Jafar. that doesn't mix. Jafar. I think that was the Jafar. thing that made them work, though. I'm they had each other's mm-hmm. back. Better. Better. They were they were so bad they just had each other's back because nobody else would until uh, until right. he got betrayed in the, uh, the the return of Jafar, you know because uh, the, Iago found that somebody treated him better and he's like oh this is what it's like you know? 
Well, he had to become one of the good guys because they couldn't get Robin Williams to do the show. So we had to get whoever we could. And, you know, Gilbert Godfrey really isn't going to say no to money. So yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, they, blame him. Money. they got Dan Castellaneta to do it. And I mean, in, in terms of things, I mean, it's like, who's the next biggest name that you can get? Oh, Homer Simpson. You know, right. it's, like, it's really funny. Like I watched so much of that show because it was on for so long. It was a good show. Was, yeah, it's like a good show. And uh, by the and then Dan Castellaneta also did The Return of Jafar, the second movie. Yep. And then they had Robin Williams come back for the third one, The King of Thieves. And by that point, I was like, oh, my God, it's it's broken in my brain. I can't hear. Like, I need the wrong genie to be right, right now. Right. It's, yes. it's so uh -oh. funny, too, because, like, the cadence is off and everything. You're like, it's not fast enough. It's it's slower. It's uh, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> right. As as Robin Williams' impressions go, Dan Castellaneta's impression is, like, not even that good. But I like that because he sort of made it his own his anyway. Own. He did, yeah. like, a halfway impression. So it's, like, ballpark. But he really did make it his own. I think. I think the. Uh, I think his his genie was really great too. Maurice Lamarche, um, I think, did one of the best ones. Um, uh, he, he did a really good one in uh, the show, The Critic, The Beige Fairy. <laughs> okay, you guys can look up that deep cut on your own. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> uh, Green Witch of the Shire. What do you think? Uh, who's your mascot? Uh, so I went futuristic in mine. So. Um... I went with Morph from Treasure Planet. Very which is cool. My favorite pirate movie of all time. It's, it's an <laughs> underrated movie with an underrated Goo Goo Dolls soundtrack. I agree. It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. It is, yeah. We, we were really like... earlier, and I'm like, I can't remember if it's actually the Goo Goo Dolls or like a sound-like band. Yeah. No, it's totally like... the Goo Goo Dolls. Yep. It's pretty cool. I, I dig the soundtrack too. I think I think they didn't do like the whole soundtrack. I think they did like one song or two. They, they did, did they one. Did, like, there was one song in like the middle of the movie that was just absolutely perfect. Loved yeah. it. Yeah, they're like, but, but we're gonna put it while you're while you're paragliding in space. Exactly. You son of a bitch! You've done it. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. The sun surfing stuff was so great. I loved that, it. That movie is just so. It's such an unpolished gem. It's it's funny because like I love the Black Cauldron too, but the Black Cauldron is like dog shit in comparison to this movie, right? Like right, I love, it, I love the you movie want movie. it to be better than it is. Oh yeah, I'm like cool, it's got it's got my favorite like Disney villain design wise. Yeah, the, 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 the Horned King yeah. is the most badass Disney oh, villain crazy. cartoon villain right. ever. But like, yeah, the movie's not technically great, but it's it's definitely a great oddity. Um, Treasure Planet is wonderful. Treasure I Planet think. is just like like why didn't this movie do better than it could? It's just so ahead of its time. I have an answer for that. Okay. Because this is how much of a fan I am of this movie. I so this movie came out in 2002. If you haven't seen it, I strongly suggest it for a number of reasons. What are you waiting um, for? <laughs> this this movie is was the movie that or what was the version of Treasure Island that made me want to read the book Treasure Island. Like this kicked me off to be like I need to know more. For the record, the movie's better than the book. Just saying, throwing it out there. I'll talk about it more. The, the original Treasure <laughs> Island, like yes. uh, from like the 1950s, is actually like a really oh no 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 oh no no. Disney I'm talking like 1883 yeah. book. <laughs> oh yeah, that book sucks. It's like Yo. wow. What is? It, it's like the first time I read C.S. Lewis, and I'm like, have you not heard of adjectives? <laughs> you know, I I 
I will venture on that one later just because I was like, oh, wait, hang on. I'm, I'll, I'll track back to that one. But I figure I, I will talk more about that when I get later in our in our cruise. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, nod, nod, hint, hint, wink, wink. Sign him a lot. Sign Thank you, picked. But but Morph is the the parrot from Treasure from Treasure Island. Um, they had to make him a little more futuristic. So he is this little like blob of pink. He's almost like a flubber kind of character. But he's <laughs> true. He's super cute. He's super playful. He's he floats around and he mimics everything and he like turns into different forms and he just talks in this really cutesy voice. Um, and and like he he only got maybe like six lines in the entire movie of just being like, and you I feel like I feel like he sounds so like much. my cat Callie. Doesn't he just go? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. He does. He purrs in a really weird way. So I actually I looked up the um the voice of of uh, Morph, thinking like, oh, I'm sure he's kind of like um like an Alan. Is it Turdick? Alan Tudick. Tudick. Yeah, I assumed it was going to be. An, uh, an actor like that who's like, mm -hmm. oh, I've done this, I've done that, blah, 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 blah. So the voice for Morph is this Dane A. Davis, who is known for his sound editing. He's sound edited over 160 movies and most famously the Matrix series. Mm -hmm. That's what he's known for. Mm -hmm. He has acted in one movie. I'll let you guess. You know, <laughs> three guesses, the first two don't count. Wow. The one voice acting that he did was Morph. <laughs> Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Yes. <laughs> is that <laughs> the answer? Done, man. <laughs> like he just, you that, just got that was his one thing. And I was, I fully was expecting to be like, oh, he's played a bird. He's played a this. Like, no, he's literally just played Morph. He, um, he must've just been like making noises in the studio one day. And somebody went that, that's what we want. You, I, th you I think, I think that's, that's really interesting. Uh, but like, the voice for Scrat, the little saber-toothed squirrel guy in all the mm -hmm. Ice Age movies, is also, like, not a voice actor, right? Like, I'm pretty sure he was, like, the director of the movie or something. Oh, okay, yeah. And he's he just making noises. He Somebody goes, did... yeah, that works. That sounds like a character. Right, because that's, that's sort of it. Like, it's just it's just noises. So, I don't know. He just kind of did it. Um, kind of funny. Well, he got, he got more work than anyone else in Ice Age with all of the sequels and shorts. <laughs> yes, and between all of the sequels, all of the shorts, all of oh, the like... Real. He, right. he, got, he made his money there. I'm not sure how much, Didn't but he, he made break it. break up Pangea? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yep. But yeah, when you, when you talk about Treasure, Treasure Planet, there, so there was supposed to be a sequel. They already had, like, there are character designs for the sequel, and there was already a plot for what was supposed to happen. And essentially, Disney purposely shot themselves in the foot because the creators of Treasure Planet kept pushing this idea. So they, um, they helped with The Little Mermaid. They helped with Aladdin. They, helped, they were on all of these, like, big animated movies of the 90s and kept saying, can we do Treasure Planet? Can we do Treasure Planet? Can we do Treasure Planet now? And finally, Disney was like, fine. You can do Treasure Planet. You can, fine. You can do it. And then there was like no advertising for this movie. Because there was another movie that came out that, or that was coming out that same year. And they had the probably the most memorable Disney promotions out of, out of anything. 
Heffalump movie? Not the Heffalump movie. Oh, okay. What was it in 2002 then? Lilo and Stitch. Oh, yeah, like, you're screwed. You remember all of those <laughs> like commercials and promoters that were like, Lilo and or Stitch going into like the other Disney movies and like messing yeah. around with all these yeah. other Disney characters. It was like the best fucking ad campaign for any movie of theirs ever. So, did, did, did you ever notice though with their an- animated films, it's usually like good one, dumper, dumper? You know, well, and that was essentially <clears> it. They were like, look, we're gonna we're gonna put all of this into Lilo and Stitch, but you can do Treasure Planet. Yeah, sure, you go well, do your little project. It's it's like that now. And it like, got shot in the foot because of that. Oh. So not a lot of people saw it. Not a lot of people knew about it. So now it's on level with like Atlantis. And even Atlantis got a sad sequel. But it was that like, you know, underrated Disney movie. But yeah, there was supposed to be like they already had designs for there was um the villain, the antagonist was supposed to be Iron Beard. Um, and it's supposed to follow like Jim at the end of the movie goes to the academy. And so the second movie, he was supposed to get a love slash rival interest. Um, and they were supposed to meet back up with some of the other characters from the first movie and all out the window. There must be a fan Bummer. community of this that has been. <clears throat> oh, there's something. I have seen I'm some serious. amazing, like, amazing cosplays from this movie. And I'm thinking um, like there's got to be some animations out there and yep. all that for people. Oh, wow. It's like I, a whole thing. It it's, is, it's very cool that it's so good. Uh, it's so it's, cool. I mean, it's like Disney as Disney cartoons go. It is the one sci-fi movie, right? I mean, yeah, I guess I, okay. I guess Lilo and Stitch is yeah, but I mean, yeah. Lilo I and Stitch was two. a little more like. By the way, there's an alien here, but it was still at home. Whereas, like, if if you're not familiar with with Treasure Planet, it is colonial style steampunk in space. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like down to like the the bionic eye with with like gears in it and and stuff yep. like that. So. Right, and oh, so yeah. so them them doing morph was the like how do we upgrade a parrot that mimics what you yeah. say? It well, we have it everything. Mimic it everything. Yep, yeah. anyone. <laughs> Very cool. It's ditto. But yeah, I will. I will definitely. Characters, great voice acting. You know, like all of that. So I, um, I will definitely. Um, nudge, that's nudge, why wink, I won't wink. Else. Later, <laughs> later in the episode, I will talk more about it. Trust me. Nice. <laughs> that's that's really cool. That's uh that's very cool. Um, I am gonna move on to my uh my next one. So this is a crew member. So we, we did uh, uh animal mascot and um. My I think we should member... do like a, a double shot of the crew members so we can okay like, maybe go like kind of uh, push it along. Yeah. So um mine I think uh, most people are familiar with him. He was the first mate on um the uh, ship of of Captain Hook, Mister Smee. So, oh, but I, I picked Mr. Smee as uh, played by Bob Hoskins from the movie Hook. Nice. So, um, it's very Hook specific. Is, Love it. Yeah. yeah. Like super specific, like to the point where he's like stealing rum and dancing around. He's got that great big golden earring. And, you know, this is, this is he's, Mario. He's this paying is for his funeral services. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Oh, every time. And I mean, this, this character would fit in perfectly on our flag means death. Like you put them right there and it's like, like actually James hook too. Like you could put them there with their finery and all that. Like they look like fancy pirates. Yeah. So I I would pick him. Not, not so much the, the 1950s, um, Peter Pan, you know, not that one as much, but I I (laughs) like you hit that. That was pretty spot on though. That was. (laughs) It's, it's mostly mouthfeel on that. (laughs) It's jowls. It's all jowls. It's all jowls. 50% jowls at least. Is that, is that the same? That's not, um, 
is it Jim Cunnings who did Winnie the Pooh? Who I'm thinking of? It That's was not it the was same. the other guy that that started out. His name starts with a T. I for, forget what it is, but he he's the same guy that did the uh, Cheshire Cat. Oh, okay. that oh, the, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, oh, so yeah, he was he was probably the the original Winnie the Pooh then. Yeah, you're right. So before yeah. Jim Cummings, not Jim was, Cummings. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was the original guy. Um, I just can't remember his name. Oh, that's probably not it good. It starts but... with a T or something. I, I don't know. I yeah. looked it up at one point, but yeah. But um, Bob Hoskins, great, great yeah, performance. Great. I mean, scary mm. at times too. Like how how they actually like stole the kids and such. So yeah. that that movie to me is uh, one of my favorite childhood films. And uh, again, another Robin Williams joint. So yeah, you know, Robin Williams. Shout out for uh, that was our a movie. Great. Man, I loved that movie so freaking much when it came out and I was a kid. And for years, I also considered it to be one of my favorite movies. And like years later, I, I had learned that it's apparently a movie everybody hates. What? And I'm like, really? what? That's weird. Why? I wasn't even that big of a fan of it, but I would never say I hated it. It was still I don't know. Like, like it, It's like a movie a that staple. I guess a lot of people really crapped on. And I just didn't and i didn't realize it was like a big failure or something too like i I don't know like i just always loved it i don't know i thought it was really great very different very very different take fun it was it's like a legacy sequel to something Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's funny too because it's like like original story you already know it let's do something property sequel right you know yeah it's pretty cool and we got Um, maggie smith as as, uh miss wendy lady wendy oh yeah more harry potter fun yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to my next ones in the the spirit of uh, moving along here. So um, I picked two characters that I think are standouts from the uh, the Stars series Black Sails. I don't know if anyone's watched Black Sails. I've never seen. I it. have been told that I it. need to watch it's, it, and I was it, unable to. So it's it's like um, I, people are gonna say, oh, it's like Game of Thrones with pirates, but it's not. Like it, it does have a lot of political intrigue and stuff like that, but I'd say it's more like Boardwalk Empire with pirates. So it's pretty crazy. There's there's two characters that I really I really like. Oh, distinct, quite distinct. <laughs> so it, it, only, it only in appearance. Robert Louis Stevenson Robert Louis Stevenson's version of you know um, uh, Treasure Treasure Island, all that, but like the precursor. So you get to meet Long John Silver. You get to meet Captain Flint, who is the 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 captain. Oh, cool. Um, my choice is actually a rival crew. So there's two characters. So I'm bending the rules here. But um, <laughs> there's uh, Jack Rackham and uh, Anne Bonnie, who are two characters who are actual historical people that they kind of built into this world. And they work with Captain Vane. And uh, Captain Vane is merciless. And, and he's kind of like a young guy with dreadlocks that's kind of like, oh, he's a handsome guy that talks really dark and gruff. <laughs> But um, Jack Rackham is—he's handsome. Essentially, he's well, it, it's, it's not—it's not that he's handsome, but he's like—he's like incredibly no, okay. proper and handsome. British. No, Captain Vane is the handsome guy. So. Oh, okay. So it's not Someone just a clever handsome. So <laughs> he's got a handsome just voice. With. But he's—he's he's kind of like Gilbert Godfrey. He's—he's he's like Something this skinny guy. <laughs> That's that's really like you're like oh he looks like a, a captain because he's got like a big feather in his hat and stuff like that. He's got these really cool sideburns and all that. He's a fast talker, wheeler dealer sort of scheming character, very much in the vein of Starscream. That is why I love him because <laughs> oh, he is he's the pirate Starscream. Oh Damn, yeah, like right. without a doubt. That, that was where so, you're compare him. And and he's based on on Blackbeard. <laughs> oh how Middling. it pains me to do this. <laughs> the the endless usurper, my favorite yeah. archetype. Who interrupts yes, my yes. coronation? 
And and just like that, like with Starscream and everything else, it's he's a proven failure when he tries to take over. He is a great lieutenant. He is a great <sighs> lieutenant. He is a great, you know, first mate, anything else like that. But when you put him in charge, he folds like Superman on laundry day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just like, oh, he can't handle the pressure. And he fails, and you get to see that failure and all that. And it's just oh, it's just that it's just pretty cool. But he is yeah, incredibly just uh, wonderful to watch, absolutely charismatic. Um, this this is based on Calico Jack, who I'd mentioned as one of them, who yeah. is uh, yep. an English pirate in the Bahamas. Favorite all-time name. Yeah, Calico, Calico Jack, Jack Rackham. That's a great pirate name. Yeah. And then um, let's see what else we got. So his uh, his paramour, uh, who is another uh, dread pirate on her own, um, would be Anne Bonny, sometimes known as Anne Fulford, um, an Irish pirate operating in the Caribbean, one of the few female pirates in recorded history. Um, and she was the uh, the paramour lover of uh, Calico Jack. And on the show, she is basically an assassin. And she's got kind of these two little short cutlasses that she pulls out. Now, um, the show is basically erotic fan fiction for pirates mixed with kind of the Boardwalk Empire Ooh, vibe. So just maybe don't watch it with any, any uh, you know, kids around, anything like that. Um, yeah, it's it's really fun. I would say check it out. It's it's definitely not a cartoon. It's you know, or or something that we grew up with. But um, I definitely enjoy these two characters the most on Black Sails. Cool, so. very cool. That's awesome. And it's it's on one of the streaming services. I don't know which one, but I think it's on on um, definitely Stars. But maybe there's other ones. So yeah, um, I think uh, Hulu maybe. Or yeah, it could be sling or something. I don't know. There's there's a few that say they have it, but it always it gets might. murky. I'm almost yeah. wondering if it might be HBO because I'm trying to remember. Like my my folks, I think that's the, the only one. We're like, how come you're not watching it? Yeah, like, it would know, make sense, but it's not on HBO. Yeah, it's a stars thing. So it's like if your if your folks were at one point watching Outlander, they probably watched this right before or after. So I could swear it was Out, on Outlander's the new period. one that they're watching. My mom's oh yeah backtracking yeah, in it, and my mm. dad occasionally wakes up during the episodes. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Like, oh god. My parents too watched that. <laughs> and <laughs> what, that's what, all I'll say about that. Yeah, it's all I want to <laughs> think about. You know. Right. So anyway, erotic pirates uh, on the high seas. Uh, oh wait, what steamy. Keeping it yeah. steamy out at sea. It's good for the skin. What What about you, there, Eight uh, Bit Alchemy? What do you think about uh, your crew members? My two crew members. Okay, um, so uh, my my first crew member is going to be a character from Final Fantasy V, and that is Ferris Sherwitz, uh, the the pirate um, captain that you start the game not knowing their identity, and uh, the the game kind of keeps it up that uh, Ferris is a man for basically like the first few acts that you see her. And you learn later that Ferris is a woman that was a princess that had uh, got gone out at sea with her father on this expedition and um, fell overboard. Something, you know, storm blew into something and uh, and she woke up, was rescued by this this band of pirates. Um, and she didn't want to be the only woman on board. So she just insisted that she was a man, much like Mulan. And uh, yeah, Ferris is pretty badass. Um, it's kind of weird because in the game, her graphic has pink hair, uh, Ooh, but cool. all of the drawings of this character make her blonde. 
Um, and it's kind of like a weird thing, like Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo, where it's like, why is Link's hair pink in game? He mm. has brownish blonde hair. And it's just like a really weird thing because I also feel like it does a disservice to the mystery. Like if the character's hair wasn't pink in game, I wouldn't have ever considered they were not a man. But the whole time the game is saying, you know, he he did this, he did that, whatever. I'm like, they have pink hair. They don't look like a, a guy at all. And like the, the era that this was, you know, of like the mid 90s kind of thing, it just didn't really like fit. Um, so it's really weird kind of design choice that they did there. But Ferris is awesome. Great character. Uh, just kind of has like this, you know, tough attitude about her. And, you know, she's one of the great, like, kind of tough female characters from the Final Fantasy uh, pantheon. And uh, I was like, you know what? Ferris is awesome. She also occasionally can summon her Wind Drake, uh, which is always a good time. And yeah, I mean, I felt like that was just like a kind of fun one to call out. Plus, Final Fantasy V, most people don't really know a lot about it because yeah, it was, was the one that. that never came out here for a long time. And, uh, you know, on Super Nintendo, it was Final Fantasy 2 II and 3 were actually 4 and 6. So they skipped right over 5, and people were all sorts of confused later on. Um, but it's when pretty six cool actually came out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and then and then jump right to seven on PlayStation. So everyone's like, "What the hell's going on?" And it goes one, two, three, seven. Um, now was she in yeah. the video at all? Like the, uh, uh, the I don't game? think that they made her a playable character in Dissidia. Um, but Square Enix has milked Final Fantasy in so many different like phone games and stuff oh, that yeah. she has appeared in. Uh, the one I liked a lot was Brave Exvius. And that was like a collectible hero game, but all the heroes were like really detailed sprite graphics. Like yeah, they, that was they looked cool. Like thirty-two bit graphics, and the combat system was almost a little like Valkyrie Profile. Like you had four characters, and they were like in you know a different configuration: top, bottom, left, right. Uh, and I got Ferris in that game, and she was really awesome. Um, so it was it's cool to see her done in some other stuff, but by and large, doesn't get too much attention. But pretty cool character. Uh, definitely a highlight from Final Fantasy V, along with Galuff, who's like this crotchety old man who is just the best character in that game. Like, he's one of the main party members, but he's just like an old-ass dude, and it's great. He's awesome. Uh, but yeah, Ferris Sherwitz uh, for crew member one. And then uh, crew member two, I'm going to piggyback on uh, on on you, Coopster Gold, there. Uh, you had done the Albatross for your ship from Skies of Arcadia. So my crew member two uh, is Vice Engelbard, uh, also from Skies of Arcadia, the main character. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, so Vice is the main character, and uh, he doesn't actually have a last name in-game. Uh, but he appeared later on as a cameo in Valkyria Chronicles, which is another Sega game. Cool. Uh, and in Valkyria Chronicles, they gave him a full name. So they they named him Vice Engelbard in that. So I'm going to call it canon, whatever. Um, but yeah, Vice is awesome. Skies of Arcadia is a really great game. Uh, I got to play it on the GameCube. The Skies of Arcadia Legends, they had re-released the Dreamcast game and did like a bunch of new stuff with it. Uh, but it just, it is similar to what I said about Rogue uh, legacy uh, rogue galaxy rather um but you know you have this airship 
and you're able to just fly around to these different islands. And like most RPGs, there's a clear, you know, destination of what you're supposed to do. But you can explore around in the ships, and uh, and you can find like points of interest. If your compass starts spinning, you can like scout out the landmass, and you'll find these all these different little points of interest that fill up this log. And you kind of make your own like discovery charter as you're going. And when you find a discovery like that, you can go back to like the Explorers Guild and tell them about it. Uh, and get money in return and you don't have to do it at all but it's just a really fun thing that makes that game feel more explorative more like you know being on an adventure on this big ship and everything uh and and vise is great you know he's just got a great personality he's not an overly like hot-headed terribly you know jrpg tropey guy (laughs) like he's he's very tolerable like he's a he's a great main character to play as uh so yeah i put i put him on the 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 crew because i figured you know he's used to he's used to sailing the airways and you know maybe he'd be interested in in sailing on this this here ship this here pirate crew on the on the sea that we've got going on um but yeah both both are great games both games are available in various ways uh i would recommend finding them if you are a fan of rpgs as uh, so two great pirate characters right there nice. part of my crew probably Very just cool. an emulator at this point unless you're going with the uh very expensive uh, gamecube uh, version of skies of arcadia or even yeah. more expensive dreamcast yeah yeah i mean the dolphin emulator is an incredibly good experience uh it it does things very very like faithfully um people swear by it and it's for good reason so yeah definitely worth checking that out and then final fantasy 5 you can get um square enix has the new pixel remaster um series that they did and those games all look really nice and final fantasy 5 was included in that so pretty good stuff very cool that's really cool all right, so I have uh, my two crew members go together in <clears throat> the sense that they are both anthropomorphic animal characters. I that's right, folks. My uh, my ship is crewed by furries. That's right. That's so right. I have. Hey, you know, no. no I have no problem with this. Nope. Uh, here we go. Actually, one of them is technically a feathery. I don't know if that's a real term. Um, so my what first pick. My first crew member is Deadeye Duck from Bucky O'Hare. Nice. Deadeye Duck was my favorite character on the show. I uh, I think a lot of people remember Bucky O'Hare. Uh, certainly gets a good reaction when we post about him in the group. You mean um, that guy? <clears throat> yeah, that guy. And um, <laughs> yeah, so Deadeye was the the gunner of the Righteous Indignation, which is still one of my all time favorite names for a spaceship ever. Yeah. Um, and he had one eye. Uh, he had an eye, red eye patch. He was a he was a black duck with four arms. For some reason, uh, in the universe, you know, uh, where all the animal people live, um, there are like different planets full of different you know races of the same animal, basically. And, and the ducks are you know from from a world. And for some reason, um, you know, I, I don't know if every duck in the universe is a monolith, but all the ones that we met were all <laughs> forearmed and uh, uh, piratey. They were all piratey. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're the Greyjoys. I don't know. Um, but, aren't they like ice pirates or something? I forget. The I don't know. I don't movie. remember. But they're all very piratey. And uh, even Deadeye would have like the off, like, you know, he would say mateys a lot. 
I, li- yeah. I remember if nothing else, he would call him, hey, mateys, you know, is a terrible, I don't do a good dead eye, apparently. I've just tried it out and I'm not going to do it again. Um, <laughs> I revoke it. But he, uh, he was cool. Um, he had, and he, so he had forearms. All the ducks had forearms, which is a thing that I loved because it just like sort of made no sense. Like, if you're going to create, a, a, like, pick an, pick an animal to, to be the four-armed race, you're probably going to go with, like, a, you know, a bug or an octopus or, you know, maybe a monkey or something like that. But, like, a duck? Like, a yeah. bird? It's just not what you would think of. So, I just loved it in its randomness that they decided that, no, the ducks all have four arms. Okay. None okay, of the yeah, other. Like, du- ducks do. Yeah, like yeah, ducks too. Like none of the other animals have weird number of you know appendages, and that we saw. Um, although the the frogs, the toads probably all have uh, three pronged penises. Uh, and I'm only, I mean, I'm, that's a guess. <laughs> that's a guess. Uh, that's from, the fan fiction. Well, well, that is Ooh. that's what I took. That was my takeaway from Hell Comes to Frog Town. Quack sales. Uh, <laughs> is that what's happening? Hell comes. Hell comes to Frog Town, starring a uh, rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, there was a dance of the tw- the the twin. Maybe it's only a two pronged penis. I can't remember how how many serpents uh, the euphemism was, but it was a it was more than it was a lot. It was a lot. I don't know. But um, anyway, I, we don't know about that. So I'm just you know speculating here. Um, so That's anyway, so Dead Eye Duck is my first pick. Um, really cool character. Um, yeah, Dead Eye Duck. So crew member number two. Uh, this is a character that I do not feel like would actually be subservient and i think that that became like the problem as i was like trying to come up with different characters i'm like but they're everybody i want to do is a captain i don't feel like like any of these people would serve under anybody else dead eye definitely fit perfectly i'm like okay he's he's perfect he's he's the gunner he he would fall in line um so I'm going to pick this guy anyway, because he is one of my favorite Disney characters. I'm going to go back to Disney. I, I did two Disneys for this. Um, this is the villain of the show Tailspin. And he showed up later in the DuckTales reboot from a couple of years ago. And that is Don Carnage from Tailspin. He is oh, uh, marvelous for you. <laughs> he He is so funny and so great. And um, <clears throat> as like, like he's a total joke character, right? Yeah, like, oh, absolutely. There's no, there's no threat to Don Carnage, and and yet he has like fantastic like accoutrement. Like his ship is like I think it was called the Iron Vulture, and it was really <laughs> unique looking. It had a big beak. Again, it's like you're not expecting. Like he's a wolf, and he flies in a vulture. It doesn't really make any logical sense, but it's it's great. It's like no, these are the trappings. They're cool. But he and, only has um, two arms. But he only has two arms. That is true. Uh, um, deficient duck. I so he wasn't a duck, he was a wolf. But the uh the thing that I adored about this the sky pirates, this was probably my introduction to the concept of quote unquote air pirates. I don't think I had ever seen that before in anything. And it's it's interesting because Tailspin is as far as is uh, in general, it's it's pretty far from steampunk. It doesn't feel steampunky at all. Um, it sort of feels like, I mean, it does feel like period, but it, it I don't feel like it feels very it's steampunky like Rocketeer, at all. you know? Yes, yeah, I guess that's yeah. kind of steampunky. I guess yeah. I don't know. I don't really feel like it. It it is like but, all that arch- arch- 
art deco sort of style <clears throat> to it, like the ship and such. And I, I guess, but anyway, but we have we have Don Carnage and his fleet, and what? So he has the big iron vulture, but then they have these like little personal aircraft, fl uh, little flying machines, and they are so freaking cool. Yep. They're like, it's just, you know, little TIE fighters, basically they go out and they have like a very circular front and there's like a ring of guns mounted all around the circle. So there's just like endless, like barrage of bullets coming out the front. It's just so dangerous. And somehow they just are still a just big fat joke and they don't actually hit anything. Well, they get taken but out with fruit. I mean, I, they were, they, you know, well, in the intro, like a bunch of fruits, it works. They, they, uh, <laughs> they do. But I, I mean, you want to talk about a character who belongs on our flag means death. Don Carnage <laughs> as a human <laughs> belongs on our flag means death. No, argument. no arguments there. <laughs> Um, Didn't he get he like five musical numbers in in the? And since we're talking about, <laughs> so, yeah, I know he did have a lot of musical numbers in that show. Since we're talking like dream casting because it's impossible anyway, I'm gonna obviously Ricardo Montalban should have been cast, you know, in his oh, heyday. That's great. Like, I mean, as you know, if we're gonna, if we can pluck Ricardo Montalban from the seventies and put him in a, a modern show, it should be. Our flag means death, and he should be playing a human Don Carnage. But anyway, the uh, the the personal aircraft like planes that they had were, I I think, like incredibly awesome, and the design of them were were very very unique. They had two skis underneath so they could land in the water, and um, I don't know, it was just like this random ass part of Tailspin that is really just kind of like a slice of life show yeah. about like these characters who just are running like a like an aircraft delivery business it, it sounds so uninteresting on its service and it it was a great show and it had like that incredibly fun element of the the, the sky pirates the air pirates um but don carnage is is easily one of my favorite disney villains of all time he's so funny jim jim cummings did the voice and he is uh it's one of my favorite jim cummings roles um, so anyway, so I'm going to go dead eye duck and Don Carnage. So I feel like for Don Carnage to follow anyone, cause he's such a freaking head case. I mean, ultimate narcissist. I think he's going to like, it's either going to have to be like early in his career or maybe like, he's really lost it all, you know, like he's really hit the skids <laughs> and, and this is him like, you know, realizing that he's gotta, he's gotta be better and he's gotta try to work his way back up. But uh, his his sights are always going to be on toys? you know being back on top for sure. What I, was I that? Think they made, like didn't they make like McDonald's toys of like the little Don Carnage? Um, I, I think I remember seeing some. I mean, probably. Yeah, that's, that's that, yeah. Of, that sounds that sounds familiar. I don't. Listeners, you'll have to them, investigate. But... Uh, post some pictures. You know. Yeah. So those are my two for my nice. crew. I guess uh, right. just shout out real quick. I'll do uh, I'll do a quick honorable mention because uh, I was thinking about him. Hammerhand, the pirate from Thundercats. He was like Ooh, a cyborg yeah. pirate from Thundercats, and I was There's considering so many him, good so Thundercats I'll, pirates. I'll, I'll throw none of on, which I'll made throw him on yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, how about you, uh, Greeny? What What do you have? So I decided that my crew needed chaos because apparently that's how I roll. And and eight bit will you say apparently as if you did pick the one eyed cat from last unicorn? Nice. Oh no, <laughs> I did. However, yeah. go with Sinbad um, from Women Sinbad. Be <laughs> yeah, Sinbad, the Legend of the Seven Seas. 
Oh, um, oh not not uh not oh, so Shazam. Brad Pitt. It's the Brad Pitt. I picked Brad Pitt. I picked yeah. it's, it's it's not the um the Patrick Wayne version. No, uh, no, no, no. This no. is the the animated DreamWorks from from 2003 with, with yeah. um going up against Eris, the goddess of chaos. Just nice, it's, nice. it's all starting to make sense now as I as I this is absolutely chaos thing you know? too. So <laughs> did you watch this when you were when you were really young? So the movie came out when I was 12 and I definitely like so that came out when I was 12. Treasure Planet came out when I was 11. So I was right in those like that's good. Topic. I can say, "Hey, I want to go to the movies and see this kind of age," and made it everybody else's problem. It was great. <laughs> That's cool. What, how was the movie? So good. I still oh, yeah, watch that movie. movie. You no, know, awesome. Catherine Zeta Jones was. You've the, never uh, seen this movie. You've never uh, seen this scoop. So, so it's it's weird. I I have seen parts of it, but I used to run um, in in Stop and Shop. They used to have this thing. It was the bestsellers department, right? So it was uh, they'd have new movies, books, and all kinds of stuff like that. And I was doing this around that time when Sinbad came out. So I put the VHS tape in this, and I would you know make it play and all that, and and I, then I would walk away. So you <laughs> know, uh, so I have seen parts of it, but I've never seen the full movie. It is it is super good. It is That's fantastic. Really and I will say, like, it is one of those movies, like, animated 2D movies. And I think that's it. I think that's part of why I love them so much is, right? Like, these were coming out the last couple of, like, bangers before everyone was like, but now we're moving on to, you know, 3D. We're getting into Ice Age. We're getting into all these other, like, yeah. going into the computers more. And, but the, but, like, Treasure Planet and Sinbad we're on that cusp of you know what would be cool is if we Road to mix that 3d yeah and That's and the 2d one. and so a lot of the imagery and stuff um is super cool but i 100 the fluidity of animation in um in sinbad like the way that eris moves awakens something in me in a couple of different ways. Okay. <laughs> she, <laughs> Fair like, enough. She just she floats with this evil angelic demeanor. It is it she's fantastic. I love her so yeah. much. She she would have made my list if not for the fact effect. that she's a goddess and not a pirate. <laughs> I haven't seen this movie in a billion years, but I did really like it and I did see it in the theater, I'm sure with Tim. Um I remember the dog being really overly well animated. Like it really felt like holy crap. And the like to the point where so this I believe he's a bulldog or, or something and he's like just a pug slobber. or right. so much slobber yeah letter yeah all yep. very well animated slobber <laughs> i just remember yep. thinking sinbad looks an awful lot like david xanatos <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah definitely okay, you're not wrong <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm like i guess adventure has a type <laughs> yeah, well yeah okay that's fair see and, I, I, that's actually on the back of the box <laughs> and so does greenie <laughs> yeah. Turns out, actually, Ape it kind of looks like David Xanatos. Now that I think about it, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't look that much it like Eris with the beards. Apparently, it's better than no. uh, it's better than what? What your dad say I look like, Steph? Quentin Tarantino, slobber dog. Yes, <laughs> I was my, like, you just compared me to like one of the like, ugliest humans ever, Mister. Like, no, no, Brown. actually, no, that was not my dad. That was my uncle Bob. Oh, that was my That's uncle Bob. Bob and, yeah, it was okay. Bob who said okay. it because then my dad went. Even if you squint, he still looks better than Quentin. Oh, so your dad had my back. Yeah. I was like, I think just the, the comparison just took me so uh, off guard. I was like, fuck, I'm doing something does this, wrong. Does a uh, question, fair question. Does Uncle Bob have eyeballs? Uncle uh, Bob so he doesn't really use a, them. 
Uncle Bob is a retired detective as of like the beginning <laughs> of the year. He's a he's a he's a he know, was an officer. Was... He had firearms. He's a he cop. Thinks, he thinks you have Thank the you uh, your thinks you have the cranium of a criminal you know, or something. He's <laughs> a hard boiled cop, you know. But his eyes don't. Honestly, if you had to pick Uncle Bob, them, he's a cop. My, my dad and my uncle Bob are besties, and if you had to pick which one of them was going to start crime, it definitely was my dad. Um, so it just cracks me up when. It comes down to like, what? <laughs> is, your, is your dad a pirate? Is, did we miss this from the beginning? Oh, he would be. No, if you, you let him, he all. would you, be. You, you, you've done it now. Now everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> they call so him I, Dave. I, I, about that. Dave the pirate. Yeah. Dave, Dave the, the diver. <laughs> Scuba Steve and Dave the diver. Yeah. <laughs> like peace. That's a show all the time. Dave the diver. Been down too, been too long. long in that deep blue sea. All right, I like this. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I went with Sinbad, and um, okay. again, That's I'm awesome. discovering things about myself as I Sinbad is talk about this. Yeah, that movie's so Sinbad good. was so yeah. good, it, but he was also like so. So, crew member number two, Jack Sparrow. Nice, fair enough. Both of them have that yeah. same energy of just hang on to something and pretend it's a plan. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so Steve, you were uh, you were saying that you know um, I thought you were going to say drunk and effeminate swagger. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. mm. I mean, Sinbad uh, <laughs> was he drunk? He definitely had the swagger. He definitely had swagger. Um, I I think they played a little bit more into the like kid movie, and he mm. didn't really mm. drink, yeah. but they made jokes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But both both of them just had that that kind of mentality to them, and and so Steve, you were saying like you didn't want to pick all captains, and here I am like, my whole team is captains. Captain, I, I right. <laughs> See, it's hard because that's, that's it, it's so those hard. Are the most, but it, yeah, but those I also are the most look at like, characters. Jack was technically a captain, <clears throat> yeah, of, of a ship of one at one point. Like he's just yeah. kind of like he's a captain yeah. looking for a crew, not a yeah. captain of a crew. If that makes member, sense. He was right. a member of the ship on on um, a couple of the other ones, you know. Exactly, he was because it was, was between him and Barbosa and right. him and Davy Jones and all of that. So he he definitely had I want to be a captain mentality and could be a captain, but also was like so chaotic neutral he could do whatever. It oh my god, yeah, the best. And whereas I feel um, Sinbad has a little bit more captain esque to him. Mm-hmm. But he also has still runs on so much luck, <laughs> right? But like, like that is really confident Aladdin. about his yeah. luck, and like yeah. Jack Sparrow has luck, but he doesn't really have confidence. He just has drunken like he has like I don't know what, what's Jackie the term? Chan drunken like, master Jack, energy. Jack doesn't have luck. <laughs> luck ha- or not, Jack- <laughs> Captain Jack does not have luck. Luck happens to Captain Jack, right? Like. <laughs> That's like Jack difference. is so in Luck the bag happens. at all times that he's just like, oh, it'll work out, no, whatever. And then Sinbad's just like, oh, I got this, I got right, this. exactly. Yeah. Sinbad's so, like, I've looked at this like, from Jack's sixteen different no angles. I'm just this. ten steps ahead, right. and Jack's like, I know that there are angles, and one of them you will know what? work. You know, Jack Sparrow has fucking plot armor, and that's about <laughs> all it boils down to. It. Yeah, because he would be plot dead in five fucking seconds, man. Right. Well, I love. I think. I think it, the moment in the first Pirates movie that explains it all is like, like everybody has this, cons- this, this story that's like grown into this folkloric thing about how he escaped the speck <laughs> yeah. of an island that they left him right. on last time, and they're like, oh, you know, some say he waded into the. 
to the water and you know used his, his chest hair to weave a net for the sea turtles or some nonsense and, right. and you know it's this thing where like you know for a while like will turner is really trying to get it out of him he's like okay now we're marooned on the same speck of an island so how did you get off last time you just got to tell me and he's just basically it was super lucky i was basically i did nothing it just so happened that a ship. I sat out. here and drank for three days, and another ship showed up. Another yep. ship just happened Hi. to shoot. Yeah. So I mean yep. that that sort of like encapsulates it all. But so I'm just sort yep. of wondering, uh, Greeny, if you've seen, have you ever seen the um, any of the old Sinbad movies, the Harryhausen movies? I've not. I've not seen the old ones. My my so introduction I, I, to Sinbad was purely Brad Pitt. <laughs> so I have them all, and if you ever want to watch them, uh, I am always up for some Harryhausen. We did cover them in our Harryhausen episode last season with Scott Clevenger, and uh, we talked about a couple of them. But yeah, they're they're really fun. They're all fun. There's three of them, and they're yeah. Uh, I enjoyed each, the two each, I saw. Each made like a, a almost a decade apart. They're all kind of like they span a decent amount of years. Um, but it's, um, it's a fun character. I mean, he, he goes really far back. I mean, Sinbad the sailor is from the Arabian Nights, same place that Aladdin and Alibaba are from, um, the, uh, the, you know, the tales of Scheherazade. I mean, they're like hundreds of years old and, um, and stuff, but yeah, I mean, he really became like fodder for movies and, and stuff like in the 20th century. It's just kind of kind of interesting but he's a, like a super old character yeah i'd have to i'd have to check it out you know that can be one of our one of our movie nights coming up yeah yep. super fun lots of good harry housing effects yeah that's that's pretty fun i like but yeah that. that's my chaos crew as it continues nice. to build that's yeah. a good it, it, gets, it gets better <laughs> it, gets, it gets better okay oh yeah all right. so that's that's uh that's all of our crew <clears throat> members there right so yeah, so that's the first yes. half right there I'll I'll do one that uh, we didn't touch on, but I, I kind of mentioned. Um, so I was talking about C.S. Lewis, and there is a uh, a pirate of note from there. That, C.S. I know Lewis none of was us, a drunk. None of us picked it, but um, I'm going to go with the uh, with the near human size or dwarf sized rat named Reepicheep, who was uh, a, oh, a nice. dreaded corsair upon yeah. the Dawn Treader. Mm -hmm. Yes, he certainly was. Yeah. So one one of the few things that I really enjoyed about that series was reading of uh, Reaper Cheap and just um, the idea that he's just basically like he's loyalty. Like if you could pick a character who was loyalty, it would be it would be Reaper Cheap, you know. And um, he's he's rewarded by Aslan, which uh, re replaces his cut off tail. So it's it's pretty cool. So. Yeah. He's also so, voiced yep. by two amazing, perfect choices uh, in the movies. He was first voiced by eddie izzard and then it was um simon pegg oh and i didn't know simon didn't pegg did that back, oh yeah. that's awesome yeah. yeah underrated underrated uh film the third one there you know it's pretty cool i so, actually I, seen it in a I, long while. I love the i think the second one is the the most underrated for me i think prince caspian yeah caspian actually, yep excellent excellent movie and it's so funny what a a fairly decent sized star uh, Ben Barnes turned into. Yeah. He's, from, he's from. He was Prince Caspian. He was a nobody. Else. Right. Yeah. He was. He was like the he's only actor that that you'd know in that movie. Well, know, uh, well, well. At the time, um, he was like he was. He was under. He was under heavy makeup, but Peter Dinklage was in that movie. Oh, that's right. He was. He was in there too. Dink. He was. He was. Uh, he was like a fantasy dwarf, basically. Yep. I don't remember his name. But. I don't know if you guys ever saw this, but they had like BBC productions that were on TV like a, a long time ago. Oh, yeah, time years ago. ago. Yeah. They, you know, and, and you'd be yeah. like, oh, they made it all the way to like the silver chair and stuff. And it's like, mm -hmm. wow. Yep. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that was from the eighties. I've seen some of those, um, and I did love them. I mean, I was a fan for sure. Yeah, it reminded me of the uh, the Jim Henson hour with the lion and all that. Oh, loved loved that. Yeah, that'll be for we did get an episode it up on the Jim Henson hour years ago. Oh, cool! Nice. Yeah, yeah the storyteller. Storyteller. Yeah, I just got that that theme in my head now. Yeah. All right, so let's get to that octoponder. So here we go, folks. Um, we have, uh, let's see. So um, it's time for us. We're going to take a short break. But before we do that, we have something to ponder. To octoponder, that is. We posted uh, this question, which I will read in a second, uh, on Facebook. And I, we will be reading out some of our favorite answers as well as responding to the octoponder ourselves when we come back. So let me uh, read this to you folks. Let's see. So, uh, Octoponder this. If you were a pirate or a space pirate, what would be the greatest treasure that you would be searching for? A magical or technological item? Jewels? Fame? Or good old-fashioned doubloons? Hi, I'm Patsy the Angry Nerd, lover of science and sharks. And I'm Ashes Von Nightmare, the real housewife of Transylvania and mistress of Merlot. And, and we're, we're the, the hosts host of the Throwdown Thursday, Thursday podcast. podcast, part of the Somebodies and Grand Guignol Networks. Join us each and every Thursday as we break down all the characters you love and love to hate. That's right. We cover characters from movies, television, books, video games, and even real historical figures. Plus, we discuss science. And wine. Like, so much wine. Like, all the wine. We also pit random characters against each other in free-for-all contests voted on by you, the listener, and reveal the results the following week. Did I mention the wine? Like, there's a lot of wine. So join us on our journey through pop culture on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we, and we will, will see you next Thursday. Thursday. Hi, this is Stan Bush from Transformers the Movie, and you're listening to Retro Red Octopus. You got the touch. Do you like retro video games? 80s and 90s toys and have a love for nostalgia. Hi, I'm Russ Lyman. What's up, guys? I'm Jay, the NES addict. Welcome to the Weekly Warp Pipe. Jump into the Warp Pipe with us and go back to revisit all the awesome things from our childhood. That's right. Every week we discuss something new like the hardest NES games. Or what it's like to get prizes out of cereal boxes. What our top 10 toys were. <laughs> Battle Beast. No, dude. It was Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Cowabunga. So be sure to check out theweeklywarpipe.com for more info. And we're proud to be a part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. That's right. You can join us every Saturday at 7 a.m. for new episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or catch the video version on YouTube at the Weekly Warpipe channel. That's the Weekly Warpipe every Saturday at 7 a.m. The Weekly Warpipe. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. All right. As, as mentioned before, uh, we did post this question on our Facebook group. And um, how do you guys usually like to do this? Do you like to start out with reading the responses first, or do you like to do your responses? It's honestly, it's it's up to you. It's uh, yeah. host's choice. We do it differently. So whatever you would like to do. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I can get rid of a window if I uh, do theirs first. So. <laughs> <I'll>... <laughs> Smile. Uh, looks like uh, 
here we go. Uh, Nin- Nintendo comes up with. He says, "Mine." Who the heck is that? Who's that oh. guy? Nintendo twenty five on. Uh, you know. On the interwebs, the nerve of, of not just one of him, but all twenty-five of him. He's like a pirate ghost, just coming back and popping in. He is. <laughs> he <laughs> is. But he says his would be a magical item. He would like a Ouija board uh, that actually worked. He added, um, so he could talk to loved ones who have passed on, and that way he doesn't have to miss them so bad. That's so awesome. I, I think that's that's really cool. A very sweet yeah. answer. So you know, that's as uh, as he is wont to do. Let's see mm-hmm. what else we got here. Oh. Okay, uh, next one we have uh, Randy Carter with a boring answer. He says, a planet that could sustain human life. Oh, so boring. He's so boring. What a bore. <laughs> oh, oh, Wendy. Wendy so... Carter. <laughs> so uh, let's see. PJ Rahal um, surprisingly didn't say mittens. He said, uh, the real treasure are what? the friends we made along the way. <laughs> Which, oh. I, why wouldn't he say mittens? Obviously, I know. he wants Always the real mittens. answers. That's all he knows. That's For the all real treasure is the mittens along the way. Yeah, okay. he meant mittens. I think it's a typo. He totally meant that. So, but I, I would totally say, you know, for. For that, I called him out and I said, "That's a very Yogi treasure hunt answer." Yes, <laughs> so good. I love and, Yogi's uh, treasure hunt. Our, our friend uh, Colleen, as she is known, says uh, she was about to say something similar. Uh, the first task is to sail around and find your perfect crew, which uh, makes sense. That's and that's what we're doing. That's, that's, that's a solid. Colleen, yeah. and she didn't of- even know, but she like kind of knew. Yeah, so. but she kind of knew because IRL Colleen, you'd be on our crew. IRL. Exactly. That's right. Factually. Our our friend uh, Kevin Kex Hayes. Mine would be my favorite stuffed animal, Woody Woodpecker. I lost him as a kid in that death trap of a roller coaster at Lincoln Park. I was oh. so tra- traumatized uh, the whole event. I didn't even realize he was gone until we got home. Oh, I used to man. bring him everywhere. And I was in bad shape to the point where uh, he was in bad shape to the point where he had lost his eyes. And my mom drew some on with marker, which oh. is adorable. Oh, I love man. me some Woody Woodpecker. And he said, don't think nasty, you heathens. I was thinking nasty. I mean, <laughs> Yo, you nasty. Let's see. Um, Jeremy Jackson said, if I was a pirate, my great treasure is a mythical island port. It's like the Black Pearl. People have heard of it, and some have said they've uh, glimpsed it, but nothing tangible. The port is a haven and oasis, and uh, you can get it. It's like the room of requirement knows how to hide, and you supply... And you supply while you're in it. Okay, so it's... Back to okay. Harry Potter. Yeah? Yep. Oh, okay. The room of requirement. <laughs> All right. So, I, I don't know. But you get in there and you have domain over it. Um, you have to figure out how to keep it, though, uh, which will involve uh, search and hunting other pirates, uh, culminating in slippery boss fights that could take years. Them slippery bosses. A slippery know, slope, right? them bosses are on it right sure, there. It sure is a slippery slope. Like eels, you know? Eels! The slippery eels! Those are the shrieking eels, Highness! They get louder when they... <laughs> yeah. I look like him. So <laughs> <laughs> you do a bit. I've never our thought friend, that. Uh, our friend, uh, is it Berkier? Yeah. Yeah. Berkier, uh, the golden socks of Captain Big Toe. 
um, this needs context. Yeah, first. I feel like that's like an asterisk book or something. You know, it's like <laughs> right. That does asterisk and obelisk search for the golden yeah, socks of exactly. Vito. I know like, he's a huge yeah. uh, he's a huge Tintin fan. I wonder if that's uh, maybe that's what. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it seems like Tintin. a very like uh, Eurocentric answer, like something that maybe we haven't read. It's like and was like drawn by Mobius. Yeah. Yeah. right like this has to be like some old school kids book shit uh mr ian wallace the uh boy wonderful said just one thing and is a picture of the full infinity gauntlet but this this kind of looks like the stark oh, one snap. so yeah oh snap um ashes uh ashes ray hall um ashes von nightmare von nightmare uh my crew would be a fabulous team of girls gays and they seeking out the barbies they wish they had growing up or placing the little ones their little sisters destroyed uh -oh, i would I totally join that crew i would join that, <laughs> crew, the on that crew like bees on, on that me. crew now they they oh. want the coveted pretty pretty princess game that i never had but totally wanted so i think she's uh <laughs> getting a little a little uh deep there yeah i i think yeah. that's good you, you look treasures or whatever you want them to be that's right. Uh, Phil Conti yep. says uh, the vault of all my favorite cartoons from when I was a kid. Absolutely. Nice. Uh, uh, William Thomas Boyles, a.k.a. Chubbs, uh, location of the planet of advanced alien technology or wormholes. So he's he's a big Dune guy, so I could see that. So he's getting Dooney. <clears throat> Dooney. Spicy. Dooney That's a spicy answer right there. Yeah, he, he probably wants he just wants that. melange. That's what he wants. Something. Uh, Carrie Sanders, uh, I'm going with a fountain of youth or philosopher's stone type of arrangement, something that would give me health and longevity. So I had more time to do all the little things that I want, read all the things, learn all the things, etc. cetera, et cetera. <laughs> could be in on that. <laughs> nice. So that's, that's the answers from our, uh, our loyal, uh, crewmates there, the retroids. Nice. Thanks guys. That was, that's that's a really good great. turnout too. I want to yeah. thank everybody for that. That was awesome. So. Absolutely. Yeah. All very that. solid answers too. Yeah. yeah. What What do you guys think? Because you've you've had time to octoponder this and all that. What's the greatest treasure in the land? And I mean, you can go with like Robin Hood. Uh, you know, Men in Tights. The it truly is the key to the greatest treasure <laughs> in the land. You know. <laughs> um. I I I think that I'm also like Nintendo gonna choose something that's magical. Only unlike Nintendo, mine's just gonna be some bullshit. Um. So my answer is. Although I kind of wanted it. This is real. I like, no, it's, I really want this. I really want a magic. You can want item. bullshit. It's fine. <clears throat> yeah. It's just not, it's not sappy and like heartfelt. It's just bullshit. But like, uh, I want the undo button oh, for real life. Like, I just want, like, nope. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't really care what the message is. This is a Black is. Mirror episode right here. Like, <laughs> it could be, it could be like a little, a little bauble, like a little talisman or a little necklace or a little statue of, you know, the Venus of Willendorf where you, your rubber boobies and stuff, like whatever you want. It doesn't matter. And like, the the important thing is whatever the mechanism is, is that you gain back the last, like, let's say two minutes. That's all I want. Two minutes of undo. And like, could you imagine like no more car repairs? Like, like, well, no car accidents anyway. Like yeah. you're literally just, you can undo like, like it would it. be so useful. It would be so would. useful. Would, you, you've um, clearly been watching the Nicolas Cage film next. I have not. I have not. Okay. But, <laughs> um, that, that's my answer. Um, a little little Venus of Willendorf that you can 
uh, go back in time two minutes. The un the undo. The un nice. yeah. The Venus the of Undo Lindorf. That's that's pretty cool. Good. Mm -hmm. Nice. I feel well, like I'm torn between um be between Patsy's answer of of yeah, the real the treasures, friends the friends that you make away. Partially because I'm just like, I just want to be in a boat around people that I like, not doing what I'm supposed to be doing in society. <laughs> and you're like not supposed to be on it, which is exactly makes it like, it'll be a great time. But also going on the magical items things or whatever, it's all about the travel to be like, I would love to find some sort of like dimension hopper. Like Ooh. to be like, oh, I want to go check out these other worlds. I want to, you know, I can be in on that. That that could be, you know, I don't know. that sliders. could be the one thing that motivates me to do more than just sit on the boat. Oh, sliders like burgers. Look sliders? out for yeah, look I'm out for chromags. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, those, no, no those sliders different, fans. Different okay. sliders, different sliders. Okay, right. different fox sliders uh, with Quinn Mallory and sure, right. sure with us. Yeah, yeah. yeah with no, I'm just John always thinking about Davies. burgers. But yeah, yeah. No, I got you now. <laughs> so you you'd be looking for just uh, the adventure. It sounds like so. I'm I'm very much a fan of of lazy adventure. Like that's just it. the The idea of sitting on a boat for like a month to get from point A to point B. Right. If I didn't have to do anything, I'm sold. Like the lazy adventure river is your kind still. of adventure. Exactly. Right. The, the occasional excitement that happens in between. You know, like oh, there's a ship. Oh, there's a that. Okay, yeah, I'm in on on so, the. So this was bound to come <laughs> up. Are you familiar with Veggie Tales? Are you familiar <laughs> with the pirates that so don't, don't do, do anything? anything. Yeah. I am very familiar. Okay, so <laughs> was I was one wondering of my favorite if this chili would come songs. Up. Yes, uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, so so Veggie Tales for anyone. Um, it started out as kind of like this uh, this way to insert like religious propaganda into children's shows. Yep, and um, it went in a whole different direction. So it's, it's still doing that for the record, like still like with absolute outrageous vegetable humor. Oh yeah, by the way, you know. Jesus. Something about Jesus and Goliath and all these other well, like I mean, it's in there. Yeah, like like Jonah <laughs> and the whale and stuff like that. And and mm -hmm. that's where this came from because like Jonah was like a pea pot or a broccoli or something and he goes asparagus. It was asparagus. Yeah, it really self conscious about I know my veggies. The smell of his pea. <laughs> Sorry, that's an elf reference, but still. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's interesting because you've got the pirates that don't do anything on that, and that's a CGI film of the early two thousands. Um, yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe you'd be on there. I've crew. never been to Boston in the fall. <laughs> I love that you brought us there. <laughs> I have, I've introduced 8-Bit to the VeggieTales just because. Yeah, the silly songs with Larry are great. Oh, Larry, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're all awesome. Where's my hairbrush? Where's my hairbrush? And then there's also the pizza one that, like, I always like sing the pizza pie song, but it's like oh. actually a Veggie Tales song. It's um my my high my high sale cat. That one's so funny. Oh, that's the, the yeah I knew that from the McDonald's commercial. <laughs> it's All right, anyway. Happy me. <laughs> Pepperoni and cheese. Um, What's your goal, eight bit? My goal. Okay. Well, my treasure, uh, actually, I think, uh, was already taken, although I apologize. I don't remember who said it. Um, but the Philosopher's Stone, I think, makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I'm an alchemist, and, you know, Philosopher's Stone's a big deal for those alchemy inclined. And if you're a pirate, your whole deal is wanting gold. What's better than being able to turn lead into gold? There's a whole running wild song about 
letter gold. Yeah, I mean, Hudson Hawk pretty much was based on this. So, I, I'm in that boat, man. I'm on it does that make group. you a lazy pirate once you, you know, all you have to do is, you know, turn sand into gold. You're like, ah, oh, I made it on a boat. <laughs> yeah, well, then I don't have to worry about it, you know? I don't have to keep exactly. looking for gold. I can look for other stuff. What do you think like, if, if like, Alchemist knew that everything was pretty much made out of carbon? You know, would that blow their mind to be like, people could be diamonds? What? You they say, did what? that in Fullmetal Alchemist. Diamond so. hands? Yeah. I could have them. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, with Alphonse. Yep. No, with greed. It changed the carbon makeup. Oh, yeah. No, I will nerd all over that one. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> there's, also, there's also this painting that's called The Alchemist Discovering Phosphorus. But its full title is The Alchemist in Search of the Philosopher's Stone Discovers Phosphorus and Prays for the Successful Conclusion of His Operation, as was the custom of the ancient Chimechal Astrologers. That's wow. That's, uh, I, I literally. That's a follow boy song. What, yeah, it's a fucking yeah. follow boy and a half. <laughs> painting by Joseph Wright of Derby. It's a pretty cool painting, but Jesus Christ, man. That's an anime title. It yeah, is. That's I'm pretty sure it's it involves reincarnation, everything. too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I was reincarnated as a painting. You know, it's... <laughs> right. I, I was reincarnated as a vending machine. Insert thing here. That's a real um, show. No, I know it is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I don't think insert thing here was a part of it. That's a different show. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get it. All right. Anyway, moving on. Cooper, what do you got? I was I was going through this and I, I was thinking about it and like there's many things that I want none none more than like the resurrection of the mighty mutanimals in a comic book so I would probably I would probably be searching for like a wish or something like that so I okay. could I could make that a, a and yeah it's such like a weird and and like a self indulgent you know uh, sort of thing but it's like. I've actually met the the guys that like wrote and did this, and I'm like, guys, if I had a genie and I had three wishes, my first wish would be to bring the mutanimals back from hell. Literally said that to the artist of the comic <laughs> book and all that. And he's like, man, you really like that. I'm like, yes, I did. You know, so I would probably be searching for some sort of like either Dragon Ball <laughs> or something else or or reality warping thing, so I could make that happen and right. make the. The mighty Why don't you just go back. full ham hock and just say, I want to be a mighty mutanimal? No, Why don't I you just do that? Wish number like, two. Oh. He's got to wish yeah. for them to come back, and then wish number two. And is then be a part of it. Steve Martin thing. If I had one Christmas wish, it would be that all the children of the world would gather hands, you know, in world peace, you know. But if I had two, two Christmas wishes, you know, <laughs> and then if I had three, three Christmas wishes, you know, yeah, the thing with the kids, you know, a million dollars would be nice. <laughs> And for, uh, you know, the sex thing, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> right. It keeps getting bumped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's, I would, I would definitely be searching for something that gives me uh, either like reality warping or something. Cause I, I just need to fix that great wrong. Hmm. That's how I would look at it. So at least, but you know, I, I'm kind of a very singular minded person, but, um, <laughs> so, um, I, I, I appreciate everybody sticking on for this. Um, those are our answers. We've heard from you, the Retroids, uh, for some of the answers from Facebook. We really appreciate that. Thank you, everybody, for the uh, awesome ponderings. And uh, you have our gratitude as well as a hearty Shabibin! Shabibin! For those who still want to participate in this week's Octoponder This, you can check out the question on Facebook. And uh, you can find our pinned post on the Facebook group, and you can also join it on the Retro Fun. Also, 
if you dig what we're doing, help spread the tentacle virus by recommending Retro Redoctopus to all of your friends. Yes. Please so, do that. Do that. Thank you all again for your awesome ponderings. And without further ado, or much ado, let's get back to the show. <laughs> so our second half involves, we already have crews, ships, and mascots, animal or otherwise. Uh, we're going to talk about first mates and then captains in our, yeah. our, uh, nice. our, our main Spanish main. <laughs> our main goal. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. So I, I will um, I will talk about my first mate, um, who is uh, pretty interesting. And and you knew, like you guys knew when this was going to go to pirates, where this was going to go for me. Well, so, I still got it wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I feel like. I can't pick the captain of that ship because he's like really green and inexperienced. No offense, Greeny, but you know, it's like <laughs> I picked as my first mate. He just has. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> am. has one name. You know, it's like Cher. It's like Madonna. It's Ayaz, right? He's 30, if you can believe it. Like Ayaz from Pirates of Dark Water. Um, he's this got is the Danny a... Trejo guy, right? It looks like Danny Trejo. It looks like da Danny Trejo. He is uh, voiced by the incomparable Hector Elizondo. Oh, um, nice. Ayaz is a fortune hunter swayed by Ren's noble quest. He is a mercenary with dubious integrity who will do almost anything for a handful of gold. He's a rugged adventurer who has been in more battles and street brawls than anyone can remember. And uh, for a time, Ayaz was a member of Bloth's nasty crew. Bloth is the evil captain of the uh, the Maelstrom who uh, chases after Ren so he can get the the 13 treasures to uh, control the Dark Water, which is destroying the world. It's like a whole thing. There's 13 episodes, you know. Um, looking for a fast profit, Ayaz teams up with Ren, who he believes is a naive boy searching for some lost treasure. Learning Ren is actually on a quest for the fabled 13 treasures of rule, Ayaz becomes furious, but is gradually won over by Ren's ingenuity and goodness. In fact, he becomes something of a big brother to the boy, not only protecting him in times of danger, but instructing him in ways of a swashbuckler. Ayaz, above all things, is an expert seafarer who could probably pilot a ship blindfolded and just by the feel of the ocean. He, he also constantly is, is having trouble with Nibbler, who is uh, the, um, the monkey bird. You know, and they just kind of go back and forth with this whole odd couple thing. It is delightful. So um, this this was one of those things where it's like, if you have a favorite cartoon or something like that that you watch, I used to watch this with my dad like every Sunday. I love this show. It's only 13 episodes, but they are all bangers. There's no filler. It's so good. I had so no I, idea it was only 13 episodes. Yeah, it's it's like Buck, like Bucky O'Hare too. It's like one season. You're like, That's what? true. Yeah, Bucky yeah. has not, not many at all. Yeah, wow. I thought there was I thought there was at least so twice. Good. This should be a comic book, you know, by like by one of these studios that picks it up and they run with it and they say, Okay, we're gonna do <clears> this episodically and we gotta go after these thirteen treasures because when we get them we can stop the uh the dark water which is encapsulating our entire planet. That would be great. It's so interesting, man. Like both of those shows that the you know, you just mentioned that and Bucky, they both didn't last long and they both had like multiple video games which it's not like those come out in two seconds you yeah. have to like develop them and like whatever and bucky o'hare had nintendo and the arcade both of which are the top of their game oh yeah that's like Honestly. the best nintendo game i think it's, like nes I, yeah. I think bucky so o'hare is is one of the best nintendo games and yeah, and the arcade really is. is about as good as a a beat em up gets. I mean, there are ones I like more, but 
it's not because the Bucky O'Hare one isn't up to snuff, you know, it's an incredibly good game. And the Pirates of Darkwater games were both decent. They weren't yeah, quite as good. You could as play as Tulo, which was cool. <clears throat> You know, yeah, and there, I mean, the, I, th- I think it's really interesting. And I learned this from you a couple of years ago, Coop, because uh, I remember having this conversation with you and then talking about it with Nintendo and, and 8-Bit. And uh, Joe realized that, that they were two different games. I never did. I knew that there was a 16-bit game. And I know I had played the Super Nintendo one, but I had assumed that they were both the same game for the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. And they're two completely different games. So... I don't know. It's just it's just really interesting. They like went full hog wild and they're like, yep, we're going to push this property. It's going to be a big thing. We're going to pay all this money to all these, you know, license all these different companies doing different things at once. And I, I know there were figures, right? They had figures. I know they did. They they didn't make um, they didn't make one for Tula, but they made one for for Bloth and um, <clears throat> for, uh, Ren and uh, the, the main main character and I the monkey bird. Yep. The monkey I actually bird. have him. Right here. He's not far from you. Cool. Yeah, yeah I totally remember that toy. Absolutely. It looks like I a thought... Chira toy too, you know? Yeah, it does. Yeah, with the, the same color <laughs> yeah. scheme of uh of what was the horse's name in Shira? Starlight? Swiftwind. Swiftwind. Um really cool, really cool figures. Yeah, I, I totally remember that. And uh and I mean the Bucky O'Hare figures were nothing to you know the new ones are amazing the new ones yeah the super seven i think it's super uh, seven boss fight is oh boss uh, fight studio yeah boss fight studio they're they're really incredible they they sort of just um they're they're kind of all sold out now they did they did a run of of a few of the characters and then they did some alternates for a couple more years they did like alternate paint jobs and slightly different like costumes and stuff um so i know what happened actually why they stopped making them oh uh neil adams passed away so um, oh he did yeah it's it's the thing of it's it's a property that was owned by michael golden who's a a comic book writer if you guys are familiar he did some of the things he's uh uh partially responsible for the creation of the x-men rogue right so michael golden uh larry hama who larry hama is who i all of the the gi joe stuff you know because that was his that was his baby oh absolutely that was his baby and i know he tried for like 15 years to get Bucky to happen and mm-hmm. uh he actually was given a deal by DC Comics in the 70s and he turned it down. It wasn't a good enough deal. It wasn't what he wanted. And I know he ended up working with Neil Adams's company when he Yes, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's uh, I want to say it's Comico or something like that, but that's what happened cuz I I actually reached out recently to Boss Fight Studios to ask them who has the license all that stuff and they said, "Check it out. This is what happened. This is who owns it." And uh, sure wow. enough, Neil Neil Adams' company, because uh, he was an excellent businessman, one of the the guys that like artists really look up to, because he was really an advocate for them. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like creator owned stuff, he was at the forefront. But he's the one that owns the license for that. So Boss Fight is, I mean, they made they made um, the oh, what's his name the uh, the Bruiser, uh, the Beetlejuicean br- Bruiser, the Gorilla. Yep, um, I so think his they, name is is Bruiser. His bruiser. I think um, there's another one I have who's a fox woman, um, and she's like a, another pilot. And then there's Bucky, and there's uh, First Mate Jenny. Jenny. There's Jenny, uh, yeah. Deadeye, and um, they made a Toad. And, uh, <clears throat> and it's amazing. Dark. Like if you if you compare them to the original uh, figures, they look a million times better. But if you oh, look yeah. at the original figures in a vacuum just by itself, it's like really, really 
they're they were they were excellent. I know we're they're not cool. here to talk about Bucky, yeah. but he is kind of a pirate too. They all kind of like they sort of fit pretty pretty closely. I we're think. just excited, you know, talk about yeah. like and, but and plus, it's, there's it's, some cool t shirts out there about Bucky O'Hare. Right here. Yeah, yeah. There there are some. I have a Bucky perler bead that I can't get off the wall, but he's on the wall. But oh, um <clears throat> yeah, anyway, so um I asked. So no, Pirates, Pirates of Dark Water, very, very awesome pick. And I would have guessed that you would have picked somebody from this show to be your main, uh, your main captain. That's what, yeah, that's I, what I, I got. Him because the the main character is Ren, who's who's a little bit uh, young and uh, hasn't quite established himself. He, he's mm -hmm. a good protagonist, but he's he's just that. He's an ide idealist and all that, and he is technically a pirate. But I mean, Ayaz is definitely a pirate. Mm. So, so that's that's my first mate. So, um, shall, nice. shall we do the the captain as well, or do we come back to the captain? Uh, we, let's do the captain later. Let's let's just do our first mates. You got it, Captain. Cool. Um, hey, all right, all right. Yeah, I guess I would be next. Uh, yeah. So this one's this one's kind of weird because the nature of this character is it has rules with it, but I'm a rule breaker, so I don't care. Uh, so my first mate is the Dread Pirate Roberts from Princess Bride. Um, yeah. Now the Dread Pirate Roberts Roberts is more of a concept than it is <laughs> the just Dread a Pirate person. Robits, right? <laughs> Isaac Asimov's Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> um, well, you said there was rules, so there's three rules, but there's rules to be broken. <laughs> He's gonna break them all. Uh, I think it's so two legs. Pirate four, Roberts right? <laughs> is a concept. It's not just a person. Um, a pirate of near mythical reputation, the Dread Pirate Roberts is feared across the seven seas for his ruthlessness and sword fighting prowess and is well known for taking no prisoners. It is revealed during the course of the story that Roberts is not just a man, but rather is a series of individuals who pass the Roberts name and reputation to a chosen successor once they are wealthy enough to retire. When the time comes, the current Roberts and his chosen successor sail into port and discharge their crew. They then hire a new crew, the ex-Roberts staying aboard as first mate and referring to his successor as Captain Roberts. Once the crew goes uh, grows accustomed to the new Roberts, the previous captain leaves as first mate to enjoy his retirement. So if you want to you know, want to play along with the rules, okay, you could just say that my first mate, Dread Pirate Roberts, is calling my captain Roberts and is just the old Dread Pirate Roberts. Wow. And that my, my real captain even though he's not the Dread Pirate Roberts, is the Dread Pirate Roberts. So, Oh, Captain, your Captain. Oh, <laughs> our Captain. Really? It's just, it's, it's all of our Captains, isn't it? Um, isn't so it the, the Captains holders, we made along the way? Isn't that is. what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Captain Mitten. So, because this is something that has is not just one person, uh, many people in the in the lore of, of Princess Bride have held this title. Uh, the original Roberts retired 15 years in Patagonia at the time that Ryan picked Wesley to be the next Dread Pirate Roberts. Clooney was the original Roberts first mate, the only, only in the novel. Uh, there's a character named Cummerbund, Ryan, then Wesley, who presumably retires shortly following the end of the novel. Inigo Montoya becomes Dread Pirate Roberts, who presumably inherits it from Wesley. There's also Pierre, who is in line to assume the title after Wesley in the novel. In the film's continuity, neither Clooney nor Pierre are mentioned, and Wesley does not state how many, if any, individuals held the title between the original Roberts and Cummerbund. 
but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just a uh, just a neat concept. I really Fezzik, like. Fezzik was when he put the Holocaust cloak on. That That's counts? fair. Yeah, when, when he comes in and they set him on fire, he does say he's the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yep, yep. He, he <laughs> honorable mention, Roberts. Yep, honorable. There will be no survivors. <laughs> Everybody move! Yeah. Uh, Princess Bride needs no introduction. Everybody knows it. If you don't know it, I'm not going to explain it to you. Uh, but the <laughs> Princess Bride... It. Yeah, go watch it. If you don't know, you're shit out of luck. You're you're yeah. just you know. What are you listening to this for? Educate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a cool concept and a cool character. I definitely wanted to shout it out and give nod to the Princess Bride. You wanted to shout, shout it out. Tell me what's on your mind and what it's all about. Now stop. We don't have time for that shit. Avast. Right. I will avast. Yeah, avast your avast yourself of hair metal. Avast me. Slaughter. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That that's the long and short of it. <laughs> no. Slaughter. Slaughter. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving right along. What you got awesome. there, uh, Mr. Parasite? So I changed this at the last second. Uh cool. I was gonna go with a very different character, but um I'm gonna go with something that is not covered. Uh so a little little bit of uh well. We're gonna have we're gonna have one classic literature character coming up. So, but this is this is more book side of things. So, my first mate is gonna be a character that I'm not sure any of you know, but um, I know that uh, if he's listening, Paul McNamee is gonna be very excited in about about four seconds. So, my choice is this character named Belit, who is a character in the Robert E. Howard Conan story. Queen of the Black Coast. Belit is um, a really memorable Conan character that's not Conan because there are really not too many characters that appear in, in stories that reoccur in a second story. Um, she doesn't either, but of all those, there's only a handful that really are really worth mentioning. Um, they all start to fall into the same sorts of, you know, um, the same sorts of archetypes that Howard dealt with. You know, it, there's lots of evil wizards. There's lots of, you know, this type, that type, whatever. Damsels in distress, princesses that, you know, are pains in the butts and, you know, different people. Belit sort of breaks the mold and she's very singular. And she is at the time that Conan meets her. Um, she is already this very, very infamous pirate who has her own ship called the Tigris. And she just kind of goes up and down the coast of uh, part of Africa. And she she just pillages and steals and does all sorts of stuff. And she does it half naked because um, that's the that's 1934's the pulp. That's just mm -hmm. uh, it's just a thing. Naked ladies. Women don't wear clothes. Uh, I remember her from the Marvel uh, comic. I think she was in. Yeah, so she has been in a lot of stuff. She started appearing in comics in the fifties, and she has been. Uh, she's been. She gets used a lot. And Queen of the Black Coast. It tends to be like one of the stories that people tend to mention as one of the the top Conan stories. It's usually not in the top two or three, but uh, there's a lot of Conan stories, um, and it does usually get mentioned in the top five. Um, and she's 
oftentimes the top one or two uh, female characters that get mentioned because there really aren't very many good ones in those stories. Um, Her and but, Jasmine and Sasha and me. No, uh, no, uh, none of them. <laughs> none of those guys. No, no, um, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Belit is freaking awesome, and she uh, she just uh, rules her crew with like this iron fist, and uh, everybody just would never cross her in a billion years, and she has this crazy reputation, and um, and her and Conan fall madly in love the instant they see each other because they they see a kindred spirit there, and um, it's um it's a really great story, Queen of the Black Coast. Cool. I would definitely recommend you tracking it down in any form that you can. Like I said, there's definitely been comics and uh, the original story is amazing too. It's also a really, really amazing like opening for a story. It's, it's so great. It starts out with such a bang. Basically Conan is like escaping a city that he's like done some shit already. And, <laughs> uh, and he's just escaping, trying to get to the port and he's running on a horse and, and, you know, ends up just accidentally, getting on uh the tigris and um it's really so fun because it's happenstance and um one of the things i love about conan the barbarian is uh or conan the sumerian is it, he sort of has that batman thing where he's good at a lot of different things and he's had a lot of different uh parts of his life and um really the piratey stuff all be is because of belief he He's, it started here and she taught him a lot and um it's just a really great aspect to his character i mean he's he's kind of a buckaroo bonsai he's kind of good at pretty much everything you know but it's nice to at least have stories where they sort of explain that he's doing something for the first time anyway like yeah. that's kind of fun so i loved about batman the animated series we would get episodes where it's like oh well i'm gonna go learn how to do this I'm gonna did, have a whole have episode stories with Conan yes. where he like learns how to write poetry. I don't remember anything <laughs> like that. But... I hope so. Maybe um, maybe flower arranging. Maybe or the if he... decimal system. No, yeah. no. I mean he no. would he would he would probably like punch the poetry. Exactly. He's like these flowers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about Conan is he was pretty smart, um, and he was constantly getting. Um, you know, just underestimated because people only saw the barbarian, but he was, he was an incredibly wily bastard. Um, but oftentimes, you know, in a, in a sort of a bad way, like, he was, <laughs> yeah, he was a son of a bitch. Um, for sure. <laughs> but anyway, Belit is my pit pick, not Conan. So, uh, yeah. It'd be a great band name too. Wouldn't it? With a, maybe like a, a lady singer, Belit, Belit queen of the black coast. Yeah. A solid name for an I album. I see them. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Pirate rock. That's a thing. Yeah. Sure oh, it is. sure is. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite sea shanty? Uh, that would be a yeah, uh, greenie for that. That would definitely be the, uh, the black hand Inn by the band running wild. Nice. I was going to go with the uh, hell's uh, coming with me by, um, uh, was it poison? No, I'm going to change my answer to pile of skulls by the band running wild. <laughs> uh, that sounds cool too. Hell's coming with me is good. I'm I'm much more classic. I'm much more like, um, what do you do with a drunken sailor? Yeah, hey, hey, and, and up, um, uh, yeah, hey, hey, and up she rises. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm on, on twiddles. Twiddles is a fun one. I like that one. Nice. I like Pirate Metal Drinking Crew by Ailstorm. Okay. 
Elf Didn't he also sing? Bomb. No, that was Psycho Stick. Never mind. That's good. You're gonna go with <laughs> Fuck by an Anchor. Also by Elstorm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a fun one to play when you're just you know leaving work on a rough day. Just saying, windows blo- yeah. you know, windows open, blasting. You have I, to I, yell I it at that. your boss's eyes as you're driving away too. <laughs> I am going to be searching that immediately following the end of this recording. I've never oh. yelled at anyone's eyes specifically. <laughs> well, you have to. You're yelling. Cool. You're yelling with I, your I eyes. I definitely <laughs> strategically left the same time as my boss and was just like, "What? I'm sorry. I just." You know, I was in the vibe. <laughs> I love this. This is so great. <laughs> so speaking of so great, what's who's your choice for first mate, which rhymes with great? So I went with the fearsome and fabulous Captain Shakespeare from Stardust. Wonderful. Nice. I'm so glad somebody mentioned this because Me Stardust too. is such an mm-hmm. unpolished gem too. I, I always like when people, when I've mentioned Stardust to people and they're like, what is that? I'm like, it's like a weird, like, almost it's like a, but like a modern princess bride kind of vibe. Like it's yeah. a storytelling right. book. There's, there's fencing, there's fighting, there's mystery, there's damsels in distress. There's, there's a unicorn like, fight. It, it, yeah, exactly. If you, re- if you read the book. Yeah. <laughs> With Daredevil. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's Charles Vess, uh, uh, artwork in it. You know, it's, it's fantastic. So um, Captain Shakespeare is the captain of the, and, and I'm going by the bo- the the movie. I actually have not seen the or read the book, um, so I am strictly going by by the movie. Um, he is the captain of the the Caspertine, which is a sky pirate ship, and they collect lightning, um, and then they sell it off. And you know, good fresh bolts make good money. So um, <laughs> but he is. The most feared pirate captain, without having dropped a without a single drop of blood, because you you know have you ever tried to get blood out of a silk shirt? Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I opted for him. I'm like he's he's one of those. I could see him as a really good first mate. Like he makes a fantastic captain. Um, I considered using his ship as well because he also has a secret closet. Full oh, yeah. of the most beautiful dresses you've ever seen, um, <laughs> and a mole, and a mole, <laughs> mole, mole, and, mole, mole, mole. <laughs> yeah. On, on top of all of this, so so here he is. He's this fantastic, um, fearsome pirate captain who w- is all about the theater. Like he picks the name Shakespeare because you know literary genius, and he's like, but also you know pirate Shakespeare, man. Like it was enough <laughs> to get by, and and he just has this complete and total front of being this hard ass captain, and he's just—I mean, the crew themselves say, "Yeah, we always th- thought you were kind of a fruit." Um, and he is played by Robert De Niro in the movie. So if you're One gonna pick an, an image to just yeah. be like, what? <laughs> I, I heard he enjoyed playing this role. I, I so he had to have. He, he did. He looks like he he's just having so a blast. He so ham that he had to have been like. Yeah. <laughs> Loving it. Somebody and he yeah. played the opposite Eddie Izzard like, too, didn't he? Yeah, he was, was it Eddie was Izzard who Eddie Izzard who was buying the lightning bolts? No, wasn't that? No. Um, wasn't it, was it Toby? Ricky something? Gervais. Oh, it was Ricky Gervais. Yes, okay. it's Ricky. All right. Yep. But that yeah, sense. that that was my. I figured he would make a good 
good uh, second mate, or not second mate, nice. sorry, first mate. That is such second a good and solid answer. Yeah, I want to <laughs> I'm also so glad that somebody picked Captain Shakespeare. I love him and uh, did consider him for my crew, and then it just got away from me, and then I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I didn't put him in there, and then you picked him, and I'm, I was just so happy. So I, I was There's going so over it with eight bit because I was like, I knew exactly who I wanted as my captain, like right from the get go. I'm like, I have mm -hmm. to do this guy. But then when I was like, I don't really want to do a Jack Sparrow. Like, I need another captain. Like, maybe. And then I said Captain Shakespeare. I was like, Well, duh, of course I got to do Captain Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So speaking of captains, the time has come to unleash our captains onto the world. Yes. Um, I, I um, much like uh, Apit, have gone into the world of video games for uh, my captain. So I am going to pick, from Final Fantasy XII, uh, Balthier. Nice. So, who is a sky pirate. Excellent. So this is pretty cool. Uh, Balthier is a six feet tall, uh, has short brown hair with blonde highlights, sharply styled sideburns, and green eyes. He wears an embroidered golden and olive vest over high collared shirt. That is pirate core to the just so cool. <laughs> he's usually um, he's usually followed around by his uh, his uh, companion lover, kind of like where does that fall? We oh know. yeah. Her name is Fran, oh, and and oh, she shit. is um. The she, bunny she's name, kind of like Fran. a bunny woman. They you know? do it. Yeah. Oh, they definitely do. Yeah, oh, I think she even like do. makes that. Like, like she's in love, and it's funny because they're like immortal. But the the interesting thing about him is he's he's a sky pirate, and he kind of um, takes the main characters underneath his uh, his wing. Uh, Vaughn and uh, Penelope, I think is her name. But um, Penelo. Penelo, yeah, Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he takes them on, on his ship, Very and uh, he's got another flying sky pirate ship. He has a gun that he calls Beetlejuice, which is pretty interesting. Um, I mean, he's just chewing scenery whenever you see him, even if he's casting a spell, and he's got this wonderful voice like this. And he's like, your mistakes were twofold, I'm afraid. You swung your trap without looking to see the game you hunted was the one you'd snare. And you sold me short. I'm no thief. I'm a sky pirate. You know, and and he'll be like yeah, he's so, so smug. smug. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, 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 he's smug. Great. He's glam. He's the guy you want to be, and he's not the yeah. main character. But nope. he's so but he cocky. thinks he is. Yes, he yeah. thinks he's, so he's the main That's character. What he he main character energy. He's yeah. He, he's constantly like saying it. Even he like constantly says he's the hero of the story, and it's like, like oh, I should be the hero. No, you're just story. one of the side characters. It, it's I a funny love thing too because he's like. This could have this could have very well been a story about him because, like, realistically, you find out, oh, the bad guy, all this stuff they're doing with, um, you know, checking <clears> out this material. Oh, Sid, who's always in the game. There's always a Sid, and that's his father, who's doing this sort of ghost and spirit uh, dissection with with whatever they've got going on, and he feels responsible. So he goes from being a privateer to having a cause. So he actually goes under under some character development while you're playing this game. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, he's been in Final Fantasy Tactics. I think it's Tactics Advance. He's been in the game that you're talking about before. Like the, uh, like all of these little mobile yep. games have him. He is an yep. icon. Yeah, you know, he is, he is up there with like Cloud and Tifa and Squall and all that. And he's just such a cool dude. I, I, I think he's a great captain. Yeah. He will he's be my Sky Pirate captain on the Albatross 2. Nice. I have. It's hard for me to separate him from... From Fran, yeah, it's it's hard for me to uh, separate him from Fran. Yeah. Oh, she'd be with I, him. like I, absolutely. 
It's, yeah, it's, they, it's they're, like, they're a it's joint like, deal. Oh, they have to be. I just yeah, I couldn't I put her on the crew because that would tip my hand, you know. So so I yeah, know. She's yeah, no, there. you want yeah. So she's got to be. I feel like she, she's yeah. awesome too. Like that's the whole thing. Like yeah, I'm sure you could do like an entire episode on just Fran, you know. But you know, <laughs> just you know, oh wow, she can taste magic in the air. That's so crazy. Oh wow, <laughs> you know, it's like all right, but you yeah, know. she's she's great for uh, for you yeah, know the Viera that was the Viera. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. a character that was clearly just made to be a you know a, a sexy character that's like you know kind of pandering or whatever, it's like yeah, she she was she was awesome. Yeah, yeah she was a good she character. Was really awesome. they, they made a cool character that and they just have a good butt. Way better than the other other people because it's like oh, they're like the wood elves in this realm. Right, like, exactly. Like, they made her. In, yeah, that's that when you when you learn about her people. And like how they're so long lived in their relationship with the forest and all that goes into it. It's like you realize that she's like a Wookiee because yeah. like, but like, it's even more rare because Wookiees might be Wookie. out. Yeah. She's yeah, like a sexy yeah. Wookiee. That's, that's sort of out in the world, but like, Oh my God, like no other member of her race would ever be out of the magical forest that they live in. Yeah. None of them ever, ever, ever have ventured out. She's the only one. So and, everybody yeah. who's ever seen her is like, it's like, oh yeah, she's a seven foot tall, sexy, half naked bunny lady. But like, so that's like interesting anyway. But like, also like, what? She's like a quarter naked. Yeah. I mean, it's like a quarter. I think it's, it's pretty close to a half. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that she has like these big heels on that makes her look like she has hooves. And she she's like, like really... the child of Roger and Jessica Rabbit. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. Just with like, also kind of like, uh, what was her name? Um, Deedlet's uh, uh, counterpart, the Dark Elf, with like the darker complexion. Pyrotess. Pyrotess, yeah. So, you know, so kind of like that. Yeah, she does. Which like... ha does you no good, I realize. But still, <laughs> <laughs> the listeners, they're going to love it. They're going to love it. Somebody knows. That's all that matters. Yeah, right. so that's 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 who I chose. Uh, nice. Let's let's move on oh, to yeah. eight bit selection. Sure, I can do that. I can tell you what I chose. Um, so the the character that I chose uh, for the captain uh, is a captain that, as we know him, he's only ever been dead. That seems like a bad deed, right? Seems like a seems like a shitty ass choice, but. Okay. The last rule bender. I mean, your mascot is a ghost, so yeah, exactly. Really, you just I, have the I undead crew. Going. Told you, he just really front. likes the show or the movie Ghost Ship. Ghost Ship. Uh, Steph, want to want to say your thing about Ghost Ship? So I've actually not seen the entirety of Ghost Ship, but everything I've seen has been that the only good part of that movie is the opening scene, and yeah. I will say Exquisite. the opening scene is. Horrifying, horrifyingly amazing. Yeah, like, that that line that goes that will the, haunt you the forever. Piano wire it is done so well. And just like decapitates a hundred people. I'm oh so stupid because I was like, yeah, where they played that Mudvayne song, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, like, yeah, dude, that like. And I'm like, oh, you clearly meant like the other beginning part. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, when they played "Not Falling" by Mudvayne. Never mind. That's when it. they were all <laughs> falling apart on the ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> making it full of ghosts. Well, you know, as much as I might like Ghost Ship as much as the next person, or at least the first uh, three minutes of it, <laughs> yeah. uh, my choice for Captain is One-Eyed Willie from The Goonies. Uh, 
so there's like there's some information about him that was published in like a Goonies magazine apparently uh, that was not in the movie, and uh, I'm gonna tell you about it. So William B. Portabel, better known as One-Eyed Willie, was the pirate captain of the ship Inferno. He was Flemish from Flanders, a region in present-day Belgium, then the Spanish Netherlands. Once a court jester for the governess of the Spanish Netherlands, he was banished for telling off-color stories and having practical jokes. Following this, he started his own pirate crew and stole millions worth of treasure from the King of England, Charles I. Charles finally began retaliating, sending out the entire Royal Navy to take down the infamous captain, which erupted into a mass war. Willie ordered this ship to flee, trying to escape being killed in the process. While in a cave, the Navy began firing, hitting the walls and creating a cave-in, which sealed the Inferno into a giant cavern. Before Willie and his crew perished, he had a series of intricate booby traps set up in the caves that led away in hopes to kill those who attempted to find him or those who attempted to escape. After that, Willie killed all of his own crew members, except for the loyal ones he trusted because he didn't want them to get his treasure. While this was a strong defense, it was not foolproof, as one of the crew escaped to the surface with his map and the two pieces that went with it, a doubloon and a copper medallion. The legend of One-Eyed Willie spread around the locals, eventually becoming part of local folklore. Again, The Goonies is not a movie I'm about to explain to you. If you don't know what The Goonies yeah, is, really. uh, go look it up. But uh, yeah, One-Eyed Willie was uh, you know, character that I thought of and went, you know, Goonies is probably one of the first movies I've watched that had a pirate in it, to be honest. Like, in all the things that I've gone through, and I'm like, yeah, everything else was so much later. Like, I watched the Goonies when I was pretty young. And, you know, the, the treasure of One-Eyed Willie is, like, it's the whole point, you know? It's the whole plot of what, what they're doing. And, um, you know, it's, pre it's pretty interesting. Uh, originally, his character was depicted wearing a big hat. Uh, like most pirate captains, and then in the movie they just gave him a bandana, um, so they changed it. Under it. the hat, right? Yeah, I guess I guess the hat must have fallen off. It's probably yeah. They, there are pictures of him with the hat. It's a big green hat, big green tricorn hat. It's interesting, but are it's they like... on the the playing cards that show the octopus? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the legendary like, octopus scene. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. There was some. There was a drawing that I found, but I guess yeah, they they ended up just not going with that. I wonder if um, they couldn't get the skeleton to sit right in the chair with the hat on. Probably, yeah. yeah but it was a real skeleton. Heavy. I knew that. Was it really? I did it. Yeah, that's what they did. I didn't know that. They used real skeletons. So, like poltergeists. Like some cadavers on set. Oh, oh well, it, it's, it's very throat. believable. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. guys, if you're looking at the uh, the icon for this particular episode you happen to be listening to right now, and you look right over now. in the, the bottom right-hand corner, uh, you'll see One-Eyed Willie with his green tricorn hat. You son of a bitch, you did it. <laughs> I did it. I blew it up. The maniac. There it is. There it I'm is. The maniac. Yeah, yeah, you can find plenty of pictures with it. Uh, yeah. But anyway, they, they, they did different designs with them. But uh, yeah, so One-Eyed Willie, uh, he's my captain. Probably not a great captain either because he's he dead. Like, killed everybody and he's also dead. Um, but it kind of felt like he couldn't be any other role on the ship. Like, one I really can't not be the captain. Might have been a little <laughs> bit of a control freak. That's fair. Yeah, he was a lot of bit of a control freak, you know. He'd get along with the Flying Dutchman, I imagine. Yeah, oh yeah, him and the Flying Dutchman, you they know, just going until back the and end. forth. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Willie would be the ghost, 
And then, you know, Dread Pirate Roberts would actually just have to go retake his seat as captain. He wouldn't get to retire because he's like, damn, I chose a real shitty, like, follow up. <laughs> what I do, what I freaking do. Uh, but anyway, that is One Eyed Willie. He's my captain and captain my captain and uh yeah i feel like after this episode i'm just gonna want to watch like the goonies and stardust sinbad. and like sinbad and even and hopefully Crow. you will too retroids go pirate the shit out of it <laughs> and crawl just because yeah. crawl's fun so what's funny about this is like we so so like say apip was the one who, who asked me to come on the show um because he was like we're doing pirates our 30th birthday party, we did a pirate theme. That was our whole, like, we are 30. Yep. So, like, I love we, we've rum. Did, yeah, we've done a bunch of the, like, oh, we'll just make it piratey. Make it piratey. We literally brought pirate costumes onto a cruise that we went on and got, like, nice, pretty pictures done of us in pirate attire. That's a real <laughs> thing we did, yep. That, that's a big <laughs> that's thing at accurate. the Renaissance Fairs, too. Like, there's a really big oh, Renaissance yeah. Fair out here. It's um, uh, a pirate but, festival. Oh, yeah, and they have, like, a pirate week. Yep. So, oh, I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's even different. Okay, yeah, because there is like a <laughs> festival. I think it's on like the Cape in Massachusetts. That yes, pirate. Like a... <laughs> yep, and it's it's like on the same map um, as Ren Fairs. But yeah, also uh, a themed pirate weekend is certainly no stranger for Ren Fairs. Oh, I can imagine. Could you guys imagine like a pirate themed week in in Provincetown? Oh it my god, Everyone would be Captain Shakespeare. Yeah, that would be nuts just that would end. be our flag it means death the entire yeah, yeah. weekend yeah, yeah. Yeah. deed bonnet i think that's what Black ashes dude. was talking about <laughs> exactly yes they're on the hunt for the barbies they never got as kids a lot, a lot of, of bonnet movies. and teeth yeah. going around <laughs> <laughs> a lot of teeth and some, some really interesting blackbeards <laughs> most definitely well, all short right. long and flaming for that matter accurate mm-hmm. <laughs> so i like me cheetos parasite steve i think you're all right so so for my my captain uh i am going with a type of media we haven't covered tonight uh and that is anime i have a classic anime character uh that goes all the way back to the late 70s and uh i think that um this is a character that a lot of people will probably recognize and i certainly have known about this character for a very long time but i admit i didn't ever get to see a lot that he was in until doing research for this episode um so i've always loved the design of this character and um i'm really i have to say i have had a ton of fun uh sort of just researching this, watching a bunch of different things, movies and TV shows and episodes and all sorts of stuff uh, to be able to present to you my character, Captain Harlock. Yes, his full name, Phantom F. Harlock is the guy's name. Uh, So this is a character that originally appeared in Space Pirate Captain Harlock 1978 which ran for a couple seasons but guess what he's actually been in a ridiculous amount of random stuff so from there you could see captain harlock in uh so these are all from the same guy actually i'll say that he was created by leiji matsumoto legendary anime and manga guy and uh he he, uh leiji matsumoto is the one who uh he created space battleship yamoto no yamato 
which was localized here in America as Star Blazers. So I think a lot of people in America remember Star Blazers. Um, but yeah, so Leiji Matsumoto, really distinct drawings. Very, very, very recognizable. So he, um, he first, uh, his first big job was Space Battleship Yam Yamato, but um, he didn't get to introduce Harlock in there. Harlock was a character that he had created earlier when he was younger, uh, and he was, it was sort of based on his father. And what I learned is that, um, uh, so Matsumoto's real name was like Akira and he, his dad was a, he was in, he was in the Japanese air force for world war two. And, uh, he wasn't himself a kamikaze pilot, but he was like the one who was in charge of sending the kamikaze pilots out on their missions. Oh, so wow. this was something that, you know, we, they finally, you know, it's been like so taboo, like Western audiences just basically know what a kamikaze pilot was, but, um, you know, it was, it was very featured very heavily in, in Godzilla minus one, which was really interesting and getting to see that other angle of it, uh, and some of the psychology behind it and stuff, because, you know, I don't, as a dumb American, like, I don't, I don't know really what the average person average Japanese person thought about it at the time or after directly after the time or whatever. And, um, and so, well, in the case of, um, Leiji Matsumoto's dad, he was incredibly broken from this, um, for the rest of his life. So he refused to fly ever again, even out, you know, after the war, this is, you know, basically, you know, you're sending all these people off to die, you know, and you're telling them it's for, you know, you know, the honor of their country and the honor of their families, and the honor of everybody and all these things. And it's like, yeah, it ended up being for nothing, right? They lost. And even in the late days in the war, which is, of course, what's covered in Godzilla minus one, they're still sending these people out. And in the writing was on the wall. They knew it was for no reason. And um, so anyway, um, Leiji created this character. Captain Harlock, who originally started out as, I believe, a more of a, a pilot, and he sort of became a uh, became a space pirate. Um, originally, he was he was drawn with a mustache, which his dad had, and um, and he kind of was like his clearly his big character that he sort of was, you know, he kept close to the chest, and he knew he wanted to work him into something, and he had this bi big first job of um space battleship yamato and you know he was uh had that show gone on longer the plan was that he was going to reveal that um harlock was actually the older brother of the main character um only they never got there um so he never got to introduce the super cool older brother pirate space pirate guy so it it changed and he ended up uh you know only a year later putting out space pirate Space Pirate Captain Harlock is the name of the show. And if you would like to see that show uh, from 1978, the original show, there's like 40 something episodes in it. I got to watch the first two. Uh, and you want to talk about a kid's show that is not for kids? <laughs> yeah. oh, my, oh, my God. Like the Love first two one. <laughs> episodes is, are unbelievably not for kids. Not, not only is, is there are there like you know, really heavy themes and like really just a lot of like bummer stuff happening and like 
just dark stuff happening like but like there isn't a lot of action or anything like that either so it's it really is this very moody character drama involving some really cool things like gorgeous spaceships uh absolutely you know classic anime gorgeous spaceships like i can't get enough oh, yeah. of it definitely and uh so and i mean well the, drawn, my God. you know i mean naked robots yeah the character of captain harlock i mean he's one of the coolest anime characters ever in my opinion i think he's top five like ever for just design wise he's just so incredibly awesome he, he's very and, vampire uh, hunter d yeah you know, right like, like he's space. like that he's like the the beginning of that he's like the beginning of let's work in a romantic character mm -hmm. like this is romantic this is true tr like true romanticism um you know this is like you know the stoic hero character with you know you know all the scruples and he's got his his you know all all of his his rules of justice and his code and everything that he that he lives by and he, he you know is is in infallible unflappable like all these things like he's just this great pillar of a character and he's this like legendary character that everybody's lining up to just get behind he's just so great and um and he's very quiet and stuff uh so but uh he became this sort of analog for you know leiji to create stories about a, a, a character who's not just gonna do what he's told by his government so that really is why he is a a pirate outlaw the stories always change and i'm gonna still get to all the different shows he was in um but there is no continuity between them whatsoever so there's famously no continuity uh everyone uh has the same sorts of characters there's usually analog characters sometimes the characters uh have the same names a lot of times there is a like he always has a little guy who's like his you know first mate um the name kind of didn't start out i can't remember what the original name for the character was but he became tochiro and that is the uh the analog for the creator that 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 character is really leiji uh matsumoto created that character for himself he's like i'm not i'm not harlock i could never imagine myself as a character like harlock i'm this little guy and you know i i'm just the one who's basking basking in his glow basically so uh that character became tochiro and tochiro after he was so named he was always tochiro um but it's really like a different tochiro every time so it sort of feels like the the multiverse sort of idea where every right. time you're seeing anything that's harlock it's always completely self-contained and you don't have to worry about what came before or after anything like that. It just is what it is. Um, but if you would like to watch the original show, Space Pirate Captain Harlock, it is on Tubi. Um, so that's nice. 1978. Um, it, the print is decent. It really is cool. It's the original Japanese language with subtitles. Really, really cool. I got to see a couple episodes of that. The next time you saw him was in a show called Galaxy Express 999, which came out also in 1978. Also, these are, like I said, all created by Leiji Matsumoto. Um, that show, uh, it was a very different show, um, but once in a while, Harlock would apparently show up. Now, I've not seen any of that show. I know just basic stuff about it, but um, uh, in 1982 was the next big Harlock thing, and that is a movie. That was the movie that they created to be like, I think at the time anyway, they were thinking of like, like let's 
let's make something that does restart the continuity and we're going to get it straight. <laughs> the funny thing is it wasn't really followed for very long, but um, there's a movie called Arcadia of My Youth, which admittedly is a pretty weird title. Um, so some explanation, Arcadia is the name of Harlock's ship and it is always the name of his ship. And as I alluded to earlier in the episode, um, you know, I really wanted to pick his ship. I love the Arcadia. There are two big designs for it. The original design, it was blue and it did not have a skull and crossbones on the very, very front of it. There were other skull and crossbones around, but it is an amazing ship. I love it so much. And it, it's, it's very sci-fi. It's, it's a spaceship, but yet it has the back like cord captain's quarter portion of a normal actual like pirate ship like it even yep. looks like it's made of wood it's so freaking cool and um it's absolutely enormous i mean it's so 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 large uh really just an amazing ship and then like later uh with it starting with the uh, i think it was starting with the the movie arcadia of my youth they redesigned it so it was green and it had the skull and crossbones right on the front. And it has more of a battering ram sort of a look in the front. And that really became like forever the look of the Arcadia. So you you pretty much just have the two main looks. The original is blue and then then it became green forever after. Um, but so Arcadia of Mayu. So Arcadia is like, you know, it's like a place that he's named it after. Um, but it's sort of to me a little, you know, I, I haven't seen most of the stuff, I, you know, so I'm not an expert or anything, but like, it's, it's unclear to me if it's a real place or if it's like a state of mind, like, or if it's like a, um, like a mythical place, like Shangri-La or something mm -hmm. like that. But it's definitely used as like a euphemism. If somebody says Arcadia, it's sort of like this perfect idyllic place where, you know, mm -hmm. you can follow your dreams and you don't have to yep. abide by, um, you know, the, the the government and different things or whatever. And, you know, it's basically, uh, you know, the more, the more Harlock I experienced, the more I realized how much of it was taken from, was taken by Serenity and uh, Firefly by Joss Whedon. And uh, it's really funny. Actually, there's a, a scene in the movie Arcadia of my youth where they um, there's aliens that are, have occupied earth. And that's kind of like where the story starts. They've occupied earth uh, for a while now like over a decade and earth has been subjugated um, and is in a period of like reconstruction where, well, we're not going to get away from these guys. So we have to learn this is our new life now. So you have some earth, you know, people who are like, well, this is it. This is life now. So fall in line and obey them. And then you have people like Harlock that are like, no, I'm not going to do that at all. Um, and so he's an outlaw, you know, um, but the movie starts there. But anyway, there's this uh, scene where he is in prison and um, and they have uh, like an alien toast and um, and the, they make a very big deal out of saying this one fake word. That's this alien toast word. And the word is Gorum. And it's just like, you know, basically the swear in Firefly, was, they, everything was this Goram that Goram this yeah, Goram that goddamn basically, um, in Firefly, yeah. So like Goram's the word. It's just it's like funny, but like it really does feel like don't take the sky from me. Like that yeah. really absolutely <laughs> feels like that's a good way of putting what Harlock's main goal is. Um, but anyway, so after uh, Arcadia of my youth, that so that's that's like a 
two-hour movie that is also on Tubi. And the print of Arcadia of My Youth is gorgeous. And uh, unfortunately, it's only the English dub, but it's it's not bad. It's it's not too bad. The movie is is definitely worth seeing for sure. It's gorgeous. And um, I mean, it's just it's just a little bit like like I said, like it's it's not what you'd expect. You know, you see this, you're like, oh, spaceships, ooh, space pirates, oh, like it's gonna be all action. It's just not like Harlock is clearly not just about that. It's about telling different types of stories. And there are gonna be scenes like that. There are gonna be episodes like that. There are gonna be parts where you get to see some cool stuff. I mean, I love his weapon. He has this really great, I think they call it a gravity saber. And it looks like he's, you know, he he stores it on his belt just like it's a like a rapier or a cutlass or something. And, you know, he he pulls it out and points it. And you see that actually it's not a sword at all. It has a long barrel. And then the whole thing is just a gun. It's not really a gun blade. It's just like a, a long, like the Joker's long <laughs> handgun at the end of 89's Batman. It's just kind of like this long, long barrel. Um, and he, uh, he has that. It's a really, really neat weapon. Um, and uh, anyway, but yeah, not not huge on the action. It's really like a drama series. It's totally and, emo. Like not yeah. for kids. Yeah. It's it is. Uh, so Arcadia of My Youth uh, spawned a sequel series, which is the only time that I think there is any continuity at all, and that is called Arcadia of My Youth: Colon Endless Orbit SSX. <laughs> so that also came out in 1982. It was supposed to have 40 something episodes like the original show, but it got canceled. And so it has 20 some odd episodes, um, which is still a decent run. And I've watched two of those and two of the original show. And I got to say, guys, I love both. Like they're both great. And I plan on keeping it up. I want to keep going. So Arcadia of my youth, the movie is on Tubi. The weird thing is that there's, they also have a listing for Arcadia of My Youth, Endless Orbit, SSX, which is the show on Tubi. However, they've screwed it up, and it's just another print of the movie. Oh. So whichever you pick, Arcadia of My Youth on Tubi, it's the movie, and they're both the same print, the same English dialogue, everything. If you want to see the show, Endless Orbit, um, that is right now free on Prime. Cool. Very cool. um nice after that the next the next harlock was harlock saga which came out yeah. in 1999 so a very big jump there for went from i remember that to 99. one that one had only six episodes and uh it's not it's not anywhere you have to i actually purchased a dvd of it because it was pretty cheap it hasn't come in yet i knew it wasn't gonna gonna come in in time it's fine i did get to see the first two episodes which are on youtube but the rest of it is not on youtube so um there isn't a great way to watch that whole show but it was very cheap i picked up the the whole thing for 14.99 i think um and then there is one that probably i feel like if anybody's going to recognize this and you know doesn't know all the history there was a movie that hit netflix in 2013 it's called harlock space pirate and, yeah. and it's a CG movie, uh, very much looks in, in the vein of like those Final Fantasy movies that they put out, like, uh, what was it like? Secrets Advent Within. Children and like, 
Yeah, like that stuff. Like it, spirits it, within. it looks very similar. Spirits, yeah. Spirits within. Like it's really, really good looking. Um, and to be honest, like I knew nothing about Harlock other than the character existed. Like I knew he was a space pirate. I knew what he looked like. He's really cool. And then this came out, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is something. This is like an on ramp for me because I just don't know. There's so much weird. Like I don't know where to start. And um, and I I like loved it. So that that was the first thing that I got to see with a character. And uh, yeah, again, all the character, all the side characters are like there in various forms. Uh, um, some of them have the same names. It's just don't expect it to connect to anything this is another number one wow. and i know something that i read uh he was also like there are so many man mangas over the years too like tons of harlock mangas um but something that i read that uh what leiji had to say about it was um that he liked the idea that there was no continuity because to him he was creating like folklore stories so it's like there aren't there isn't a definitive version there's so many versions over the years and different people have seen different ones and remember different parts of different ones and it's like they're all true and they're none of them are true and like who knows because it could Harlock be the turtles or you could have just gotten picked up this... off the island <laughs> yeah wow right yeah. exactly could be it, yeah exactly it you could be know. however you want to interpret it he's just this larger than life folkloric character and that was always what he was supposed to be. He's he's so much taller than every other character in like whatever show he's in, and uh, you know he he's really got those high heel boots on. Than life. Yeah, he does. He does. But he's he's amazing. I I've enjoyed so much the deep dive this week into this character, and I just couldn't be happier about um uh, you know about this this pick for for my main captain. I that's really, really cool really love him and and uh i recommend anybody who's into anime or into classic anime or even if you maybe remember star blazers um or you love that old like you know the stuff that was like you know robotech here you know that kind of it was that all that era that late 70s anime um go check out the original versions like if you've you know only seen robotech like make sure you, you check out like all the macro stuff and all the different stuff like and and if you love star blazers you know track down some space battleship yamato and uh you know and, and we talked about this with power rangers too like if you like the power rangers like go find the original you know z ranger show and i mean like it's so yeah do the do the research it's so it's worth so it. fun i it hated beetleborgs awesome. and then i loved the japanese original like it really is such a good time to just go into what the origins were and it's like see right. the creation for what the original artist was doing and it's right. like oh man you appreciate it so much Right, because like we got so, we like the people who localized these things didn't get the full shows. They got parts of shows, and then they had to create new stories based on the parts that they were able to get. And it's just like not even close to the same. Like even Voltron or whatever. Like it's not oh, yeah. even close. And uh, that's another one that I would love to go and re and watch the original show. I, I that's on my list. You know, I've never seen the original show that. Um, I can't even remember what it's called off the top of my head, but it's not called Voltron. It's something that, that's, that's what Gwen and I were talking about one time. Gwen Ninja. So mm. man, yeah, right. that is dark. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. 
but Space Captain Harlock, he's the man. Between Tubi and Prime, you definitely have a good amount of stuff to watch for sure. That's cool. So so Sinbad, Treasure Planet, um, let's see, uh, Captain Harlock, the the those sort of things. Uh, yeah, we we got some stuff to watch after this, right? Yeah, most definitely. Absolutely. Greeny. Right, uh, Greeny. Green Witch of the Shire. Well, and going back into the, you know, got to know where, where it all originated from, going for the classics, my captain is Long John Silver. Nice. And I'm specifically going to say the one from Treasure Planet. But not I the figured fast food seafood restaurant. Not the fast food seafood. Not, not Long John, very long, you know, from Puff the Magic Dragon. No. But I, I am going to go with with Long John from Treasure Planet. But I felt like I couldn't just go with that one Long John. I had to make sure I had, like, bits and pieces and stuff. So I actually re... I'm going to say I reread. I, I listened to um, Treasure Island on, uh, on tape because I... So I got into Treasure Planet when I was, like, 12. And because of that, I was like, well, I need to know the original book. So I actually read Treasure Island when the movie came out to be like, oh, I, you know, bits and pieces of, oh, this is a reference to that. This is what's accurate. And then, like, in hindsight, I, you know, remembered seeing Muppets Treasure Island and, you know, as a kid and was like, oh, yeah, I love that movie. It's so funny. So we actually, so here I am. I'm, I'm re-listening to the book, re-going through the story again. And then we actually watched um, Muppets Treasure Island. Today's Thursday. Yesterday. Wednesday, yeah, yesterday. We watched it. Yeah, we and watched it last night. Three of us. I find it. Cabin fever. Exactly. Literally didn't but it was so song, funny because so much of the stuff that, like, in my head, remembering Boom, watching um, Muppets, I'm like, so many of these things just seem like a Muppets joke. Like, Blind Pew, who shows up and gives. Um, Billy Bones, the black spot. Yeah, he's this like really goofy blue Muppet with and two eye patches on over his eyes, and he <laughs> can't see anything, and he bumps into all this stuff. But then, like, if you sneak up on him, he turns into like a ninja, and he's like, "Oh, I can stop you." One hundred percent. I'm like, that's a Muppet thing. That's just perfect on point Muppets. And then as I'm doing the story again, I'm like, that's that's not a Muppet thing. That was. <laughs> Actually, Blind Pew. Blind in the Pew was a real piece of this story. <laughs> it was a real piece of what is happening, and it was and like he, it, it was just on point. And so, but we were going through all these things that I'm like, well, these are different, and that's the same, and this got changed, whatever. Um, so just going into only John Silver, and and like we were talking earlier about how the book is. It's good. Robert Louis Stevenson wrote a good story. He he has great bases for what he's going to do. And I'm so happy that other people took it and did other stuff with it. Yeah, yeah. I feel really bad because it's like, oh, it's classic literature. But it's like, yeah. mm. like, so the book is all from, or not all from, it's 95% from Jim Hawkins' point of view, who's this young kid whose father did not die. Like and did not run off to go any and do anything. His father and his which mother is in like ran. all the versions, 
Right, all the versions, it's like, he's got daddy issues. That is the big thing, is that he has daddy issues. Which makes yep. sense for how they set it up with Long John Silver. In in every in 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 all the renditions, that is the thought process. Is like he has daddy issues. Daddy either died or went missing when he was young and and you know impressionable. That in the book, his father gets sick and dies like two days before Billy Bones does, and then he goes on his adventure right after Billy oh, Bones weird. dies. It's like there was no daddy trauma here. They just. It's more like Luke, Luke losing, you know, Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru. It's like it happened five minutes ago. You're giving right, up exactly. a lot now that all your family's it, it dead. Didn't, cool. It doesn't motivate you right. that much. You're just like, and he, it wasn't even like it was a vicious death. He's like, yeah, my, my father was not feeling well. So the doctor's been coming over for the last like week or so. And yeah, the funeral was sad. And then pirates showed up. My dad died of consumption. <laughs> not a fortnight hence and he's all good he moves on he's like oh okay let's go do a thing and then on top of that so you know jim jim does his thing he goes off on this adventure jim 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 the the other fun element of of things that were accurate is muppet in the muppets version you get fozzy who is the He's the half-wit son of the Squire Trelawney, but he's mm -hmm. still Squire Trelawney, who is in the book. And they are Fozzywig's not far off. The he's the the, the man living in Fozzywig's finger, Mister Bimbo, not in the book. Yeah, Mister Bimbo. The in the absolute general, like <laughs> half-wit son, who's like, yeah, I can just go find some, you know, some some guys and make a crew and oh that long john silver he's so he's so charismatic and he lost his leg in the in, in working uh fighting for the the king and and in, in doing his time and he's such a gentleman and he had such great ideas and you're just like oh honey the entire time well and so that's just it so mr arrow so he's he's one of my my big point outs of being so different in the book Mr. Arrow, and, and like, so you think about Mr. Arrow from the, the Muppets Treasure Island, it's Sam the Eagle. It is, he's, he's right there. He's like, everything's in charge. He like puts rather terrifying threats into the captain's mouth and being like, if you don't do what, what the captain needs, I'm going to, you know, throw you overboard. He's, he's a very strict man. He's the got Treasure very, Planet, very adorable little chicken feet. He does. You get to see his little adorable chicken Ms. feet. Sam the Eagle's chicken feet. Must be protected at all costs. <laughs> at all costs, they are precious. Um, and then, and then you have um, Mr. Arrow from Treasure Planet, who is literally a stone um, alien who is like seven feet tall, yeah. rock hard, and solid. Like I, I take care of the ship. I'm in charge, straight as an arrow. 100%. Well, since we got Quentin Tarantino here, motherfucker looks like the thing. You know, right, flame exactly. on with the invisible bitch and all that. <laughs> exactly. From Reservoir yeah, Dogs. In the book, <laughs> in, in the book, Silver is the one who suggests, um, who, who suggests Arrow. Arrow. And they're like, yeah, Arrow just kind of lets everybody do whatever the hell they want to do. So he's just, he's there. He's, he, he's an officer, but he's, he's just letting everybody do whatever. And in, essentially, they all load up on the ship, and Jim goes like, "Here's 
here's Long John Silver. He's the cook. Here's we've met the captain. You know, Mr. Arrow seems a little weird, but whatever. He's he's doing okay. And then we had a boring trip, except for three things happened. <laughs> one, Mr. Arrow just went missing one day. <laughs> like I, <laughs> all the like Treasure Planet and and Muppets Treasure Island, they make a point of like, and Mr. Arrow died. He like went missing or like. Like Treasure Planet, they make it this very heartfelt. Like it's a whole he was this, thing yet. It's a whole thing. It's a whole like, oh my god, he's gone. He just just disappears. He literally gets like three sentences of like, like in, uh, yeah, this guy's a little Mary weird, Shelley's, and then he disappeared on the ship. It's like in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Like, there's no description of how how Doctor Frankenstein makes a monster at all. He like starts. <laughs> he starts to like experiment on worms and then you turn the page and it's like and the monster opened its eyes you're like yeah what just wing that's it a big like, jump we skipped a part i feel like we skipped Were these pages stuck together is that like <laughs> yeah. right what happened <laughs> so yeah so yeah so mr arrow is is another character that's written off or, or written very differently yeah, than these other versions. literally written off and, and written off, just done. Literally, and I love off. how they have him. We need you to test these long boats, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but so they end up doing this. So so silver in all of this, and in, in trying to pick which one was the best one. So silver is super underhanded in the book. He is the definition of putting on the pretty face to just get what he needs. He's very charismatic. He's very underhanded. He throws. Um, members of his crew completely under the bus to be like, I'm not letting you get in the way of this. It's, you know, he's he's a cutthroat captain who does what needs to get done. And there is no bonding, really, throughout the entire, like, time on the ship. Like I say, in, in all the mo- in the movies and things, they like make with a point him of, like... Jim Hawkins. Right, they make a point of him and Jim, like, bonding on the voyage they're like oh here's like a montage of them getting along or here's at least a scene of them having a deep conversation here's none of that mr arrow went missing i fell in an apple barrel found out that there were pirates on the ship and then we jumped off the ship and that's it that's the voyage literally he does like a bullet point list in the book it's it's just like but then what so there's a lot more stuff that happens on the island then there in in the book then there is what happens on the ship but so that whole like character building of of silver is in the book almost non-existent and actually in um in muppets and in treasure planet when silver tries to make a deal and try to be like hey if you help me i'll make sure that you can you know you and i can work together and we can share the treasure and you know I want you on the side of me and my team and not on the side of, of the captain and all that. So if you're with me, we can, we can do a thing that doesn't happen in the book. The, the conversation of I'll surrender. If you surrender is between captain Smollett and captain silver, Jim just watches. He's just there. So it's really interesting to see, like they, they went, we need to mess with Jim. Jim is way too much of just a narrator in the book. We need to give him character development. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a better narrative device, too. You know, to, it is. To do that. And the idea of him being stuck in that uh, bushel of apples and, you know, he, he or, or the uh, barrel of apples and they're reaching in and he overhears all this stuff. It's there, There's a lot of good 
that that they do with this. Well, it, it he does fall in the apple bin. He, I can't remember. Oh, I think he was just reaching in to like get an apple for breakfast or something like that. But because it was so low, he falls in. And by the time he figures out to, you know, get out of the bucket, that's when Long John is talking to a couple of other pirates about, you know, we're waiting until whatever to be able to, to mutiny. And so then he turns around and is like, I'm going to go tell everybody that what's happening. So it just, it happens so quickly from here's everybody I've met. And now all of the pirates are attacking. So it's it's odd. Whereas in the movies, they do such a better buildup of it. And even, so in rewatching Muppets yesterday, Tim Curry as, as um, Silver is fantastic. He does such a great job. He definitely leans more on the charisma. There's a couple of moments where he's like, you know, I don't hate Jim. He's not a bad kid. He's just not on my side right now. Yeah. But he's he's still rather selfish and rather like this is, you know, I'm just going to let it go. I, I will, you know, get rid of you just like I'll get rid of any of my other men. I will, I will shoot dead Tom, which <laughs> is accurate in the book for the record. He does shoot dead one Tom, of the men dead. named Tom. <laughs> he's always dead. That's why they call him Dead Tom. Oh. So I so, like the band. They don't get involved in the politics. They don't get involved in politics. You just play the gig. <laughs> just play the gig. <laughs> yep. So it was, it, I'm like, I look at, so obviously the book version, he's a good villain in the book, I guess, when you think about it that way. I think it doesn't hit you as hard because there isn't as much character development. It's just, here's the bad guy. Yeah. It's almost more like an early Disney movie or a um, like grim fairy tale where it's like, here's bad guy. Here's good guy. Here's, you know, and we'll see what happens. Moral of the story is don't be a pirate. Whereas then you get into the Tim Curry with, with the Muppets. It's like, okay, he's a little more gray, little on the darker gray side, but he's a little more gray. And then there's the Treasure Planet version. And the Treasure Planet version does make him a much more redeemable character to the point where they have to introduce another villain to the movie. <laughs> so they they make a point of this like weird father-son bond between Silver and Jim. And like I say, they were intending to do a sequel. So the, the line that um, Silver gives at one point is you lose a couple of things chasing a dream and that's why he's the cyborg. That's why, you know, whatever happened. So the sequel was supposed to also be like, what the hell happened to, to get him that he has a mechanical arm. He's missing a leg. Right. He he's, you know, his eye and all that. They're like, what happened there in, in the book and in the, um, in Muppets, he just says he lost it fighting for the King. They don't get into how he actually lost it. They just, they gave a quick story and they left with it. But but Silver and Treasure Planet give such a vague story that you're like, excuse me, sir, I would I would like more. I would like to yeah. know what actually happened. Um, I will say, what, the first time I heard it, I 100% thought that he said, you, you give up a couple of things chasing a train. <laughs> so I thought that there was some sort of horrific train accident. <laughs> I was like, I just accepted that. And then Probably I was like, oh, a Galaxy Dream. Express 999. Exactly. Like, oh, Dream. That's way more vague. I need more storyline. Um, 
but so they they wanted to build that in and then even when they get to the end um silver ends up giving up the treasure to save jim from from dying and then continues to help him and get like ultimately there's that little bit of like yeah if jim dies if if we die you also die so i'm sure there's a little bit of self-motivation there but the way it's delivered is much more like this kid has a moment to shine and i am going to give him that moment to shine and i'm going to you know he's going to be fantastic the the scene where they end up going different ways is a super emotional oh, yeah. like you you wanted them to to work it out you wanted them to be that that father son duo type of of you know character system and so for the idea of there being a sequel to be like oh we're going to go see whatever John's up to now, let's go find Long John. Let's go. I'm like, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> but that version, the treasure planet version of him, I'm like, he would make such a fantastic captain. Cause he's, he's not, he's not super tunnel vision, which I feel like that's it. The, the other versions yeah. are so right. tunnel vision. So so he's, he's definitely the most like morally sound too. Exactly. He, like, he's the most, he was the least, sound. least evil version he's not, he's not like hedonistic as they are where it's like he has to have instant gratification like they do he sees the long game right well and he is not sees that a pirate forte you know? right well no. and he can he can relate to to jim a little bit more like he gives into that um that he's like oh wait you know i i see that you're struggling i see that you're a 15 year old who's on the verge of either you know screwing up your life forever or becoming something amazing and I was also that 15 year old boy trying to figure out which way am I going to go. And so there's more of that connection to them. Um, and I, I, I think that if, if he'd been given a different hand, you know, if the other hand had gotten lost chasing a dream versus the one that did that, maybe he would have been a, you know, a member of the, of the Royal army or Navy or whatever. Instead, mm -hmm. you don't get that vibe from the other versions. The other versions you get, like somebody dropped you on a pirate ship and you went, this is my life. I'm okay. <laughs> that's like, yep. that's like a uh, Hector Barbosa, right? You know, kind of like that. He plays that sort of character where it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, he had a peg leg. He had a peg. Um, no, I think it was just the leg he had a peg leg of, but he's kind of like that. And then he gets that moment of redemption where he goes in and he's in the King's Navy you know, um, in, instead one. of, uh, yeah, the fourth one. Yeah. You know, so he, he's kind of like that. And he was almost my choice until I remembered Balthier. But, um, yeah, very John Silver's or Long John Silver sort of like, like influenced. And, yeah, and right. the original Disney uh, from like 1950, the Robert Lew Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island had like an awesome uh, Long John Silver. He's like super iconic. You know, like you could, like if you thought of a pirate, like what you thought a pirate would look like, you'd probably see this guy's face. Right. So, yeah. I, I know I've seen, I haven't yeah. seen the actual movie, but I've seen pictures of it. And like I say, it's like, it's so iconic of a like, this is, this is he, what he did pirates a look like. Too of that. I think they, they did a sequel to it called Long John Silver. So maybe that's something they would pull from, but I Robert, doubt that's a, Robert Newton was the Robert Newton. Player. Yeah. Name, so and he had kind of a weird voice <laughs> well and that, so that was the other thing so i again i'm looking up like you know oh voice actors because i'm like oh um we we were watching it earlier today emma thompson was in it and we're like oh, oh cool well yeah. that's so good to know like who else 
So who else is in this movie that we know the voices of? Michael Wincott. Michael motherfucking Wincott is in that movie. Yes. He's a spider guy. He plays the big bad guy. He plays he plays Scroop. He plays the well, if we don't make, you know, silver evil, we need a more evil person. And that's Scroop. He's like the, the still Spider can't Psycho. get over the Spider Michael Psycho. Wincott. Spider <laughs> Psycho. Disney movie. Spider Psycho. Spider Psycho. Oh. Well, and so I, I was looking through and I was like, okay, well, who who voiced Silver? Brian Murphy, oh, not sorry, Brian Murray voiced Silver, and I do not recognize anything else that he was in. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> I'm a like running guy. through. I'm like, hold on, this guy has such an iconic. Like, I cannot imagine anybody else voicing this this version of Silver. He just fits mm-hmm. so well, and he passed away. It looks like in 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 2018. So I'm like, even if they finally said, yeah, let's do a sequel. I'm like, you can't do it now. You lost your best silver. You could have gotten like, he was, he sounded so great. I expected that he would have played like other pirates or something in in, before. Cause he just had this. No, not to mention, I'm pretty sure the way that he's depicted is, is kind of this like Scottish pirate. He's South African. So he gets that voice. Like, so well <laughs> right amazing it's it's kind of an english sounding voice too you know um i i've been taken off off guard by it before too i, I used to work with someone who was uh south african and i'm like are you are you from the british isles and and she's no i'm from south africa i'm like what right well but it still is it's a, it's much more english than it is scottish so it's kind of yeah. like the way that he was it's not exactly it, like, such a unique yeah. kind of accent Still going to tweak it a little bit, but I was like, the only other people that I recognize, I mean, again, we were watching it today, and, and 8-Bit's like, you recognize who plays Ben, right? You you know mm-hmm. that voice? And I'm like, I feel like I really should. I should know it right now. Mm-hmm. It's bothering me now. I wouldn't like, have known it in the dips? movie. Is he in the mood for some dips? <laughs> Is he in the mood for some I'm like, he's he's just a couple of dips away. <laughs> Do you want to go to Dinosaur World? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so, so Martin Short plays Ben, um, who is one of the only so like long john silver ben and jim hawkins are the only people in the whole treasure planet movie okay that's why mr arrow as well who have the same names everybody else got a new name captain amelia is a different name um is there a billy bones character Billy Bones. He does. He, they call him. I think he does say Billy Bones once. William Marrow. He's, he's a salamander. <laughs> but like the the doctor has a different name. The um obviously the parrot has a different name. The Scroop is a completely new character. He's just a, a much more important pirate. So like Ben was one of the weird ones, and he's like bioelectronic navigator or something like that. That that's his full name. Um, but he is, so he's played plot, in Martin though. Short. Like, that, that, it was a really good way to kind of explain away why he's crazy. So I thought that was yes. right. Right. Well, and that was it. He was crazy. Yeah. In, so he was crazy in the book because he'd been out there for three years. Um, Making rope, using her own. That's where he'd, he'd been. been. Exactly. That's where he was. He was just where causing he, problems. He's, he's been. So I was like, okay, I recognize, I recognize Ben's. Actor, voice actor now. Now as as an adult and after watching Murders in the Building and really kind of getting into that, I'm like, okay, I know I know Martin Short more. And then um Lori Lori McCaff plays Sarah oh, Hawkins. Yep. And she was one that I'm like, I know like even as a kid, I'm like, I know her voice. I just she sounded so familiar to me and she's the Jackie sister from, from Roseanne. Roseanne. Yeah. 
and now she's uh she was uh, the mother from uh big bang theory of uh yeah Sheldon she's Cooper. she's sheldon's mom and she she's done something else recently that I saw her in and was like oh doing all kinds of stuff so yeah she's she's one of those that she's bopped around and she's she's I think she's more in TV versus movies um but I'm like she was at least one I knew but so much of the rest of the the cast I'm like I don't know who a lot of these people are I mean mm -hmm. when you got Dane Davis playing Morph who again that's his one character <laughs> But, really right, cool. like he's I, not traditionally an actor for voices. Right, but yeah, that that was my captain would would definitely be Long John Silver from Treasure Planet. Specifically, That's fantastic. Perfect, perfect to end on that too. Like such a Absolutely. basically the most important pirate character that's ever been created. You know, perfect choice. And has dabbled so much in history and fiction, um, like just back and forth. Yeah. Well, it has had so many like. He's been changed so much too that, right. that he's like say you compare him from the book to you know several different movies several different you know takes on the story like like Treasure Island and Christmas Carol are two of my favorite stories of all time and it's partially because they've been done so many different ways that you can tweak it and you're like this is that story. If if there's somebody who's you know spoiled and rich and three ghosts show up, doesn't matter if they show up on Easter. This is still Christmas Carol. Yep. If you've yeah. got some yep. sort of you know undercover baddies trying to to get in on on some sort of treasure, that that's Treasure Island, and you'll see it in twenty million different forms. Yay for the public domain. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's neat to see how people adapt that. I, I um, I'm holding out for the Christmas Carol Veggie Tales for myself. That's <laughs> oh, boy. oh boy! But that's that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> now, folks, it's it's almost time to catch that horizon. But before we say goodbye, why don't we go to this? Hey, you like old games? Yeah, yeah. So do we. But the thing is, there are new games that actually play like they're old games, but they're new. Anyway, it's time to check one of those out. This is Retro Nouveau. What's up, Retroids? This is Nintendo. You can't get rid of me that easily. So I am here to give you guys a little uh, Retro Nouveau. Yes, so the game I'm going to talk about is this little game called Sea of Stars. This game came out last year, back in August, and it is essentially a love letter to Chrono Trigger, uh, as far as gameplay goes, um, and also a little bit of Mario RPG as well. Um, there's just so many amazing things to say about this game. I love the the music, the the colors, the graphics, um, the gameplay, the puzzles. And, and and the the story is just amazing. And one of the one of my favorite things about this game is the friendship between three of the main characters. You have Valer and Zale, who are the uh, Solstice Warriors. So they're basically like like the the main main characters of of this game. Um, and when they were kids, they met their best friend, and his name is Garl. And Garl, I have to say, at first I wasn't too crazy about him. 
And the more you play the game, the more you appreciate this character and just how charming he is. And uh, it's just such a wonderful game. I just I, I love the friendship between these three characters, and it just reminds me of the friendship that I have with my friends. And it's just it's really heartwarming. And not to uh, give away any spoilers, but um, this this game is just so. <laughs> so freaking good i love it so much like i i i don't do this often but i literally try to 100 percent this game and i'm not quite there i'm not quite there um, i know the game says that i did but i know for a fact that there's still some stuff that needs to be done um i think one of the things i have to do is go back and beat a boss and i have to turn on this little trinket or whatever in the it's a relic i'm sorry it's a relic and um i forget the name of this relic but if you turn it on it makes the bosses harder and basically they're like almost invincible and if you defeat 10 bosses with this relic turned on then you get you get some kind of uh award or something um i don't know what that award is i haven't yet done that and i don't think i'm going to um i think it's probably the only thing i'm not going to do um but yeah this game is amazing i love it so much i know there's people out there who don't know better uh they keep saying this game is just a ripoff of chrono trigger and if these people paid any attention at all it's very obvious that it is in fact a level to country like i mentioned before and they did not hide that fact at all this game was kickstarted and um apid alchemy our very own apid alchemy actually uh made a little donation so his name is in the credits as apid alchemy um it, it's just so many wonderful things about this game like i love literally love all the characters in this game they're so good and i love uh the sense of betrayal and the sense of, I wouldn't say dread, but like definitely, definitely like a sense of loss as well. Um, and it just like a lot of it just seems like real. It's like I really, really connected with the story, and that doesn't happen to me very often at all. I mean, if you guys know me, I'm just like I'm super picky with everything, and and a lot of times I have a really hard time connecting emotionally with like a movie or a tv show um or in in this case video games uh but this this game hit all the right spots and it's just wonderful it's fantastic and um i can't recommend it enough i mean if you love rpgs you will love this game this game is by no means a a hard game it's like i didn't game over once i, I had like a couple characters maybe get ko'd or whatever, but I did not game over at all. It, the game is that easy. E even the, the puzzles weren't all that challenging, but it was fine, to be honest. I mean, it's it's a good game for beginners. This is where the Mario RPG comes into play. Um, another thing, too, um, that reminds me of Mario RPG is when you level up a character, you have the option to choose... Like like a like a little bonus. So you get like a little bonus. Like, do you want like plus two mana, or do you want like plus three uh, physical defense or magic defense or whatever? Um, so you you can kind of customize your character that way. 
Um, but one of the things I don't like about the game, which is not that big of a deal, it's it's, it's a minor gripe, um, is the fact that everyone shares the same amount of experience. Like even if you're not using the character, they still gain experience after every battle, and they all level up at the same time. I'm not a huge fan of that at all because it kind of takes away a, a little bit of strategy. But um, again, it's such a minor gripe. Like it didn't hinder my experience with the game at all. Um, and I kind of, I wish, I wish I had known about this Kickstarter for this game. I totally would have chipped in for sure. Um, this game is just so fantastic. And also it's, um, I think it's loosely or it's kind of connected to the game, the messenger, which came out in 2018, made by the same people, um, from a uh, sabotage studios. Um, yeah, it's just so good. I absolutely love it. I highly recommend it. And, uh, it's available on uh steam nintendo switch playstation 4 playstation 5 xbox one and xbox series xs uh also maybe xbox series uh r2d2 and you, you, you know all those uh other versions of the xbox series whatever they decide to shove down our throats um but yeah it's so good i highly recommend it thank you thank you guys so much for listening i hope you guys are enjoying this season so far even though it's just getting started. Um, yeah, lots to look forward to for this season. And I uh, can't, can't wait to hear what the guys have to talk about in future episodes. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. And thanks again for listening. Ah, thanks, Joe. Thanks for that. It's awesome. I, I just downloaded that game myself. Sea uh, of Stars yeah. sounds fantastic. I loved that game last year. Yeah, it yeah was and it's probably my favorite game that came out last year. Really? That's pretty cool. Damn. That's yeah. That's a, I know. I know it's for a, it's, a, it's a good year too. I know. It, I know it's for various things. I saw that um, it's also for PS4, so I can actually play it on my PS4, which I'm yeah, it's on everything. About. That's really cool. much. Yeah. That's why I got it on. So. And uh, kind of kind of appropriate for our pirate episode as well. So that's uh, pretty cool. I know there's a lot of ship stuff in that game. Yeah, yeah you do get a ship you uh, can sail around on and whatnot. It's. Uh, it's pretty cool. The, there's a pirate crew and stuff that you meet up with, and um, they're main characters throughout the whole game. So, yeah, there's there's real pirate vibes in there, in that sea of stars. Sea of stars! Yeah! yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alright, awesome. well that and, uh, wraps up this know. episode. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's okay. I think there's a delay for some reason with my, uh, my connection after I came back. Uh, oh. Continue. Continue. Okay. All right, that wraps up this episode. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope that you've enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters, how appropriate, of things that made growing up awesome. If you liked what you've heard, please hit up our popular Facebook group and subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice. You can also find us on X at Redoctopus and now on Good Pods, where you can like the episodes, leave reviews, and give us some much appreciated feedback. So leave those five-star re- reviews there. As well as being part of the Inebriart Podcast Network, Retro Redoctopus is a full-fledged member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. So if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like Epic Tales from the Sewers, a TMNT podcast. Throwdown starring Thursday. you, Justin me. Cooper. Comics Wow-y. Also starring me. The Dork Knight, also starring... Okay, I need, I need to get a hobby. Generation Playlist, also starring me? Wow, okay, no. Um, Bear at Night, Nerds of Unusual Origin, 
hooked on movies, talking game and tech. Wow, there's really something for everybody here. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, I mean, three hours to talk about pirates. This has been fantastic. So three, it's I, almost I, three and a half hours. This is this yeah. is the long. This is the longest episode. This is a long one, man. But I, you did a great keel haul for man. this one. There, Yarr. great job steering the ship at the helm for the very first time. Very proud Thank of you. you. Great job, my Greeny, friend. the Green Witch uh, of the Shire. Yay! Yeah. Hey, I was it. very Thank happy to be here. <laughs> what? And Talk about pirates? Fun. I can do that. And I was that, so excited uh, to join you guys. A vast teammates. Uh, we'll be shoving off for uh, for brighter ports now, and we'll we'll catch you on the next side, the next episode. Yar. Yar. For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com. <laughs> now we're out of bear claws. Did you got any chili field? Now nah, we're out of chili field. <laughs> what do you have? Oh, all I got right now is this uh, box of half-starved crazed weasels. Okay, so, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take the weasels. <laughs>